This is Patriots Playbook. The legend. And now. <laughs> you don't think I could do a voice? Hey, hey, it's time ta- it's time for Patriots Playbook. Now, here's your host of Patriots Playbook. Rootness, tootness, son of a gun that ever crossed the face of this earth. John Rook. The legend. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. It's the eve of Christmas Eve. The day before Christmas Eve. And what are we doing here? We're talking football. That's exactly what we've got to talk about today because there is this game on Sunday here at Gillette Stadium that, quite frankly, um, I'm not sure at the beginning of the season if we thought we were going to get to. I think anybody in their right mind would tell you that if there was something on the line between the Patriots and Buffalo on the day after Christmas, then you would have been knocked over with a feather. So I tend to try to look at things with a big-picture point of view. And, and quite honestly, the fact that Sunday could be, need a little help, but Sunday could be another hat and T-shirt day is something extraordinary, I think, for the 2021 New England Patriots. Welcome into the program. I'm John Rook. East Gal is here. Uh, we will also, on the program, have uh, uh, Matthew Fairbairn, who uh, covers... Um, the uh, Patriots now for the Athletic, uh, but he was the former Buffalo beat writer uh, for the Athletic, so he's actually gone back and forth between these two teams in the same year. So I think there'll probably be at least a little bit of a, of, of an interesting perspective that that Matt can probably uh, offer us uh, between the Pats and the Buffalo Bills uh, from earlier this season, and of course uh, the one and only um, uh, Russell Baxter will be here an hour two for a look around Week 16 in the NFL. We'll also visit with Ryan Hannibal from Weei.com uh, coming up on the program. Uh, Merry early Christmas to you. Oh, thank you, and uh, thanks to Miss Robin for the lovely chocolates. Absolutely, yeah, and, and delicious, and, 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 and you the got, cranberries, and the cranberries right yeah, from the I'm, box. Put those in the freezer when I get home. Well, you know, the funny thing about it is, is that one of the things that we do on the eve of Christmas Eve is we usually cook. We usually bake. And so when I'm done with the show, I'm going home to start baking. But I'm not doing anything cranberry this year. She's going to do cranberry sauce because that's a tradition. We have to have it, uh-huh. especially if it's from the backyard, which basically it is, right? We get it before it gets to Ocean Spray and before it gets to you uh, at home. Mm. That's where we get it. But uh, I- I'm doing um, I'm doing uh, gingerbread this year. Oh, what do you think? For the first time? N- oh. No, I've done gingerbread before. Uh, it was a few years ago, and it turned out, eh, okay. It was just all right. And I and I think I figured out a few years ago what I did wrong with the recipe. I really didn't use enough molasses. You need mm-hmm. molasses. And um, I, I think I'm going to go a little extra, a little little extra, extra on the uh, on the molasses syrup. Well, you know what? Um, I, I think it was Guy Fieri. I heard him on a. Uh, a podcast talking about you know people who are yeah home cooks or yeah. who like to just yeah. you know, make things who aren't professionals uh, uh, of which I'm one I, I like to putter in the kitchen and, I really and, do and he he right. gave a great uh, example of uh, you know the first time you played basketball mm-hmm. or golf mm-hmm. you know were, 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 were you excellent at it the no. first time around no yeah no, of it takes not. it takes practice it takes effort. Sure does. cooking is the same thing he cooking, said same way so you learn things along the way you I learn agree. mistakes you learn how to you know you know, shortcuts or things to improve on a recipe. Just because there's a recipe written down doesn't mean that that's gospel, you know? I just so like my gingerbread to have a little more spice sure, to it. Sure, and you can do that. Right? Yeah. So that's where I you think... Play I'm, around with it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's where I think I'm going with it. But there's really nothing better, though, when you make this nice gingerbread, mm. and then you let it solidify and cool, and then you slice it, right? And then what you do is you take a, a nice hot griddle or a pan, throw a little butter on that front side of that gingerbread, mm-hmm. and then... Pan fry it, grill it. Mm. Mm, that's not grill good. it. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, a little local establishment in Providence, in my Go. hometown. Go, Need Donuts. 
Where's that? Up on the east side. Okay. Well, they, they, have a, they have a few locations, but the one I tend to frequent is up on uh, the east side on Elm Grove Ave. Okay. And they do, they have some staple donuts that they make, but they also do seasonal ones as well. And for December, around Christmas time, they have eggnog, they have a cranberry corn, which you would like to, and they have a gingerbread donut, Oh, which is their best really seasonal donut. Gingerbread donut. And they have, they have the flavor down pat. For those, Ginger and they they look it looks like a piece of gingerbread donut. shaped like a donut. It's wow. so good. Uh, so anybody who lives in the area uh, up on the east side, pay a visit to Need Donuts Gingerbread and get yourself All right. some I'm gingerbread. In, I'm intrigued. Donuts. I have to admit, you know, you know me. I usually come in here, and I, I've got you know hungry. Yeah. Well, no, I usually come in here with <laughs> a, with a killing me right now <laughs> <laughs> with an iced drink from another establishment. Can uh-huh. we, Duncan is a is a sponsor anyway, right? Usually Duncan, yeah. right? Uh, today I, I I didn't go Duncan. I got this. Um, this is from Starbucks. Uh, They're on the premises of Patriot Place. They are. So we we Back uh, to Starbucks. <laughs> this is a this is a pumpkin. Um, uh, chai tea latte from Starbucks, iced. It's actually pretty good. It's better than I thought it would be. Yeah, iced tea. I no, it's a Pump- no. It's regular. It's chai tea. Chai tea. Yeah, not iced tea. Although it is iced. It's iced. It's a nice That's drink. Right. Yeah, yeah. But so I thought I'd try that today. So I so I got that going on for me today. But you know, normally mm. when we go to Dunkin', uh, I have to admit, I'm not a I. I'm not a huge fan of the donuts, but a lot of that is because of, you know, I try to watch yeah. my my, yeah, spelt, yeah, yeah, yeah. my spelt figure, right? right? Um, the one donut, though, that I cannot say no to is the pumpkin donut at, at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Have you ever had one? I don't think I have. It's unbelievable. I like It's like eating a piece of pumpkin cake. Oh, really? It's very good. Yeah, Matt, see, Marie, yeah, he agrees. Those? He agrees. I've had their blueberry cake donut. And that's also very that's good. That's a very good one. That's very good. That might be well, my favorite one. The pump, but I well, haven't had the pumpkin one. And pumpkin, I is, pumpkin is one, and blueberry is 1A for me. Okay. So I usually go, if they don't have the pumpkin, and now they're kind of out of season for that, So because the last couple of times I've gone, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have pumpkin anymore. I'm like, well, crap, that only lasted for like two months, wow. and they're already out of pumpkin. But they always have the, the blueberry one, mm. so I usually go for the blueberry. So I go back and forth. That. But the pumpkin donut. Donut. Pumpkin donut Dunkin' is actually very good. All right. I'll have to remember that next fall. Just try it when it comes around. Yeah. They'll start turning to pumpkin, September, I think. September, probably October. Uh, August, usually by oh, mid, to, mid, early. mid to late August. Oh, I know. I was able to get pumpkin. Training camp. Let's do it next year. Right. We had them for the pregame shows all year long. Uh, well, I just, right. Not all of us were involved in the pregame. Oh, show. I can't just come downstairs get a donut. Blah blah blah. <laughs> well, if, do they bring you guys? Do they bring you swag? Do they bring you stuff for the pregame show? Yeah, I go pick it up. You go pick it up. Make sure they include some pumpkin donuts. They do. That's what I'm saying. He could have just came down here and tried it. Oh, jeez. Nobody told me. Oh, damn. Well, you got screwed on that one. Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right. So, here's what we're going to do to start the program before we get to the phone calls. 855-PATS-500. Certainly want to hear from everybody today. It is the holiday time and love to, you know, chat with you. Let's talk some football. Let's do hashtag prediction Thursday. Let's do all of that stuff today. And we are going to do that. We're going to break down. The Patriots and Bills. And it's a great game to break down. But I got to start with an apology. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wasn't going to bring it up. I but, you bring it up. <laughs> but you just did. But you just did. Well, you were pointing <laughs> to me, so I figured, oh, okay. I, w- I was gesturing to you. You were gesturing. And I was going to give you the mea culpa, right. mea maxima yeah. culpa. Yeah. And then Patriot you just said, oh, you can start with me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, a little presumptuous of you, but that's okay. Uh, no, you, you nailed it last week. You totally nailed it. Yeah, I wish I could say I was wrong. Yeah, I know, but it just it did just didn't feel right to me all week, and it, well, it and unfolded. sometimes you go with the gut instinct. Now, I, I was I that. was three points off in both mm-hmm. directions on mm-hmm. the sliding scale there. Mm-hmm. Deuce nailed the score. 
He picked the Colts 27-17. Wow. That's very rare. That is rare. i got to give him props for, for okay. that. Okay. Well, Deuce is out there covering, watching, looking. He's just mm. as much an expert as anybody, you know, because he's, he's there, you know, He's around. He's doing it. Mm-hmm. And so those are the kind of people that you probably should pay attention to if you're watching the team, talking to the team, covering the team every day. Yeah. But I just uh, – I had no – you know, last time we talked that you were trying to pump me for stats <laughs> and details. And I said, I can. It's just a gut feeling. It's just okay. a visceral feeling. That That's how I felt all week. And, and unfortunately, it, it played out that way. I hate the word visceral. You do? <laughs> I just, you know. V-I-S-C-E-R-A-L-A. I know. I got it. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I know. And and yet I rely on a lot of my visceral feelings from time to time. You can't go against – You should. That's that's one thing you should learn in life. Don't ever go against your instincts. Cut your gut, your instinct. Yeah. All right. So what does your instinct tell you about this week? Mm. Not good, is it? Mm-mm. I didn't think so either. Not good, Bob. No. no. I, no. I, I, feel like the, I feel like the Bills really are they out need for blood. This. They need well, they, this. They, 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 they absolutely need it, but yeah. they also feel like they're, they're like, we really just laid an egg on our home field a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the weather had something to do with it, but, you know. And then the post game with the safeties being embarrassed and that question that got them all upset. I just feel like they're going to come in here, and and New England is dealing with some key players who probably won't play, and that could limit what they can do offensively. Perhaps. How much is Cole Beasley being out? That's going to hurt, a, that's gonna hurt that's Buffalo. That's huge, absolutely, for Buffalo as well. So it's not like the you know Buffalo everything's sunny uh, over there. No, but uh, I just. I don't know. I think I, I think the weather is going to be, e- uh, you know, easier for them to deal with, and supposed to be upper thirties to forty. Yeah, some showers in the morning, but by game time, it looks like be it'll fine. be clear. So, yeah. a, a not a wind is not going to be a factor this time. Right. So, I think the secondary could get tested. Uh, Allen could test them with his legs if his if his ankle is okay, and it looks like based on the injury report yesterday, he was full participant. So. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be hard to score points in this game. I I think the Colts win 23-20. Uh, the Colts, the Bills win Bills 23-20. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure I even I'm even going that high on the score. What was the spread that you guys discussed? Two and a half. Two, for it New was England? Patriots by two and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even have I don't have the Patriots covering the two and a half. But winning. Uh, 20 to 19. Oh, wow. Wow, that's like Super Bowl twenty score. Yeah, wasn't it? it's twenty one. Exactly. I mean, that was that was Super Bowl what, the wide right. Was, wasn't, yeah. wasn't that the wide right game? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was Super Bowl twenty five. The Giants. Yeah, yeah. twenty to nineteen. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Wow, mm. I know. I, I, and 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 I'm hesitant to do that because after watching last week's game and and thoroughly disseminating it and you know letting it sit and fester <laughs> as i'm sure the guys in the locker room did as well um i, I mean i'm kind of like look i i think we're at a little bit of a of a crossroads here we we are you know the patriots got on a roll and we know how you know momentum can carry you from week to week in the nfl in a long season because we've seen it happen over the years but once you do stumble sometimes it takes you a little bit of time to be able to get back and frankly i don't know yet and i don't know that we know yet if there is a team to get back to yeah if they're capable of doing it if they're it. capable yeah. of doing That's it another until we too. see it happen now yeah. if they get back this week they play a strong game they don't turn the ball over don't shoot themselves in the foot cuz i really felt Eric like the Patriots lost more than the Colts won with the mistakes that they made well I, it felt very much to me like a role reversal 
Like the, oh, like no the Colts used the Pats but game that, plan against Buffalo against right, them. Right, and they did, and they and the Patriots got buffaloed by yep. it. They very, really very well done with the pun there. I the, like they, but and they did. But here's the catch: Indianapolis did what they've done all year long. That's what they've been doing to everybody in order to be able to sure. get on the plus side of the of the sure. record of the win loss column. Yeah. So you know what kind of a team do we really have with the Patriots now? They they stunk it up really bad, and you know what I admire. Uh, uh, I actually admire. Uh, Mac Jones for saying mm-hmm. last week we didn't have a good week of practice, and yeah. then people slamming him for well, why would you say that? And, bl- and I'm like, well, because he's honest. Yeah. And David Andrews actually came out earlier today and defended him, defended him for being honest. And he's, you know, what he's right. Mm-hmm. We didn't practice well last week, yeah. so I'm sure that that was a point of of uh, emphasis this week. Mm-hmm. That you know we all have to have a better attitude here, and I'm not sure why they had a bad attitude about practice the week before. Sometimes it can just settle in, and know, you the, can get complacent. The, one of the things I was trying to think of to explain it was this is the latest they've ever had a bye week. Yep, and I'm not even taking into the like the Monday night going into a Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, 12 days versus 14. That doesn't. I don't think that matters much. When you have a bye week, you have a bye week. You'll, mm-hmm. You're going to have days off. What what I think was m- maybe more important was that how late in the season this was. They've never had a bye this late, uh, you know, other than in you know 2001 when they had mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. that you know they, they were going to have a late one, but it got moved around. This is this is unusual to have the last bye week in December, you know, uh, and maybe it's caught up to them a little bit, and maybe they were feeling a little run down, a little ragged. You know, and it was tough to motivate and come back words, out they, of that. They were like kind they were of in, like they enjoying having the bye week, but yeah. it came so late. Like they were like, "Oh man, but we can use a little bit more." You're running on adrenaline running at this stage, right. and then when you actually, you know, and you down go on the road, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was trying to think maybe that's why they were like feeling sorry for themselves, if mm-hmm. you will. It, we're never going to know for sure because you can't get in you somebody's sorry mind for themselves because they're just tired. They're just worn out, right? That's that's what I'm saying, and like now I wonder, are they? Now, ha- having lost that game, mm-hmm. now they have to get up even more for a home game against the team that's already, like, snarling, and gritting its teeth. Like, I worry a little bit that this is uh, another potential for, like, you know, we saw it in 2018 when they lost two bad games on the road. They ended up winning the Super Bowl that year, but we were like, oh, they played badly. They'll, they'll bounce back next week. And then they played badly again and lost again. And... This team hasn't yet proven that to me that they can bounce back like that, and yeah. I, I just I just fear that that's a possibility, and so I'm going to err on caution here and and say that they uh, they have to prove it to me before I believe it. Yeah, and I kind of I'm kind of there with you too. I, I'm just gonna I'm going to give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt. And even though I know that, you know, the next week is Jacksonville, the next week is Miami. And by the way, Miami's not out of it. I think we all know that. Uh-huh. Uh, and even if the Patriots win Sunday, they don't clinch the AFC East unless Miami loses or ties. Right. That's with a win over Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It's still not clinched completely unless Miami loses or ties. Then it would have to go to the next week uh, with a win before you'd be able to, to knock them out. Playoff scenarios time. We get that email now on a re- on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So on the scenarios, yeah, yep. Well, that's really the simplest one to, to go through, right? There's a lot of other permutations, I think. But uh, I'm going to see if I see if I can pull it up for you. Um, and this is straight from the league. This right? is straight from the league. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and New England was at the top of it last week because they had the number one seed. Now, right. number two, uh, New England win, Miami loss, New England clinches AFC East division title. Right. Very simple or, math. Or, or a tie. A tie would do uh, it, yeah, too. Uh, yeah, or a tie. Yeah. Right. But I'm, that's just so yeah, rare. Gotta, yeah, it is rare. Uh, so it's very simple math yeah. this week. They can also, you know, they can clinch the playoffs with a bunch of other scenarios, but the, the easiest one is win and hope Miami loses. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we'll kind of focus on, at least for now. Yeah. Um, take care of your business. Take care of your first. business, and then it could still be a hat and T-shirt day, mm-hmm. which, you know, we were fortunate enough to have so many of. We had nine in a row at one point here, mm-hmm. right? So, right? Mm-hmm. Which is still incredible when you think about it. And really, my whole, my whole point on Buffalo is, and this is why I kind of still sat with the Patriots in the favorite role this week, because while Buffalo is still burning, I'm certain, from a couple of weeks ago, fact of the matter is, is that Buffalo is still feeling heavy pressure, not only from within, but from around their periphery, mm-hmm. within Buffalo, uh, within the National Football League, within the media, within everything. Because after beating the Patriots last year and finally getting off that 20-year schneid that you know they were on uh, from the last time they were in the playoffs to you know the last time they won the AFC East and yada yada, and they finally think they've got the Patriots put down and out to pasture, and then the Patriots come back and bounce back with this kind of year and find their quarterback potentially of the future here and all that other stuff, and then they go in and they lose a game like they did two weeks ago in the fashion in which they lost it there's still a lot of pressure on the heads of Buffalo Bills everywhere and you're not going to convince me otherwise until Buffalo quiets the doubting Thomases that are out there mm. and so really I look at Sunday's matchup Eric as you know a, a, a show me Sunday that's exactly what it is. It is a show-me Sunday. Mm-hmm. The Patriots and the Patriot fans need to show you that they are a contending team. Uh. The Buffalo uh, fans and Buffalo Bills players, they need to show all of us that, no, they're still in this hunt, they're still in the thick of it, and the Patriots haven't completely wrested control of the AFC East back from us, and last year was not a one-year aberration. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, show-me Sunday. To, right, right. And I thought the Bills were going to take that next step this year. They've underwhelmed me yeah they've already lost twice more than they lost all of last year and there's still three weeks for them to play Mm -hmm. so okay they have not lived up to their preseason billing now could they still if they reach the afc championship game i would say that yes then it's not a failure that buffalo is living up to its billing if they get there i think a lot of people including yours truly i had buffalo picked to to go to the super bowl me too i had them winning it okay yeah in fact i did I have them picked? No. I had the Rams winning, I think. i got to go back and look. I wrote it down because so much has changed in the last 16 weeks. I'm like, did I really pick the Man. Rams? Oh, I wished I hadn't done that. But, now, you know, hey, right now the Rams any are as good a peak as anybody. Pretty much you know, any so. team yeah. that's in playoff contention could win the Super you, Bowl. You could, I think, literally, that's the, that's the fun part of this, and that's something I'll talk about with Russ a little bit later on. Fun part of this is, is that uh, you probably have half a dozen teams in either conference yeah. that you could look at and say, well, I can see them winning the Super Bowl. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, that never happens. Well, by the way, oh, the league was the league's loving that. They, they want have that. to. They, they have to love it. Everybody's invested. Everybody's I saw some fans. St- I saw a stat earlier this week that 24, 27, 27 of the thirty-two teams in the NFL were still mathematically alive for the postseason. That's crazy. That's yeah. nuts. Jets, Jacksonville, Houston, Detroit. 
right? That's, yeah, that's, those four. That's four, so you need five. You need one extra. There was one other one, one that's, Yeah, uh, there, there was one other I, one. Who am I not thinking of? I don't know. I can't think right off the top of my head. Carolina, maybe? Or Have they already been eliminated? But maybe. that that's that's your handful but that's, right there that's who's not, not involved. That, who are not involved right yeah. now with three weeks still to play. That, you know, if everything broke right for them, so they could still be in the hunt. So much is going to be decided in week 18, I think. Oh, yeah. So much. Oh, yeah. That's why... Man, if you know if you're if you if you're you know a football fan of these guys, then you know hey, got to win Sunday, and then you know root like hell for Miami to lose, and then this is over, and then you can, you know, you know you're going to host a game. Mm-hmm. We brought up a, a question on uh, PU in the second hour. Mm-hmm. Would you rather they win the division, but lose the first round of the playoffs, or, or lose the division and win a first round playoff game? Wow. <sighs> Would God. you rather? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that either one really benefits them, to be quite honest with you. In the in the overall scheme of things, I mean, which one? I went with the latter. I went with forego the division but win a but playoff game. But winning a playoff game? Because my thinking was you have so many new and inexperienced players on this team who haven't experienced the mm-hmm. Patriots' mystique of – being a playoff winning team and especially for your rookie quarterback you need as many of those opportunities as you can get okay it's nice to have the hat and the t-shirt saying you won your division woohoo yeah but i would rather you get the chance to play two playoff games as opposed to one one of them's probably going to be on the road but i'd still rather you get well if you well, if you if you if, if you're, you're not if you winning the division, division you're at, definitely on the road well but yeah i mean worst case scenario or best case scenario, all the other high seeds lose and you end up hosting a game down the line. But I still think you'd r- I'd rather you win a playoff game and have a chance to have a second one because mm-hmm. even the veterans like Judon, uh, you know, Bourne, Aguilar, Hunter Henry, those guys, like I-, I want them to feel like they're contributing to this history of playoff wins in this, in this uh, organization. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback needs it for sure. I mean – Rookie quarterback, playoff experience, you can say he won a playoff game in his first year. Yeah, he needs that. Uh, so I, I take that over the winning the division and then losing right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, I guess because you explained it that way, I would probably tend to lean that way myself because you'd get the extra playoff game. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, as you suggested along this year, I'm thinking in terms of Mac, Mac Jones's development. Yeah, and that's just another bonus in his development that I wasn't expecting. Right. So I'll take it as much as you'll give it to me. Sure. So I would probably – I mean, you're right. It's nice to have the T-shirt and the, sh- and the hat. And but I'd rather have the y- win, yeah, the W. But, but I think, you know, the, the win right now probably – I mean, they've won all these divisions in the past. Right. Not that I'm trying to demean those. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're still in a, you're still in a growth mode here. Mm-hmm. And so what's going to mean more for the long term? Probably the extra experience in terms of the playoff game. Mm-hmm. So I think That's, I'd probably lean that yeah. route if I had to choose one way or the yeah. other. It's a good question. Good question. Did you take callers on that? Uh, I think uh, I think a caller <laughs> might have brought it up. Okay. Well, we brought it up late. So well, we should then we, we should up late. So. Well, we should ask that question though. Yeah, I think it's a great. That's a great question. I mean, I was thinking of a couple of other things today, but that's as good as any. So, what would you rather do? We'll toss it out to you, and I want your two cents worth on this one. Would you rather win the division title and lose in the first round of the playoffs, or would you rather lose the division title, get in as a wild card, and win the first game of the postseason? 
Right? There you go. That's it. That's the, that's the question. 855-PATS-500. Web radio at patriots.com is the email. At JR Broadcaster, the Twitter follow. John.Rook, you can post your answer on my Facebook page as well. i would be interested to see if anybody thinks like we do. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's an interesting one. I mean, a good debate. I, I get debate. I get the hot the hat and t-shirt thing and the prestige thing and the psychological aspect of it because if you win that division mm. and you put you relegate Buffalo again this year to second best or whatever within the league after struggling to get to the top for so long, yeah. That that could have some sure. some long-term effects that but we don't even yet comprehend. Look at the 2019 team. They won the division. Woohoo. Tennessee came in here and whipped your butt. Yeah. And Tennessee's remembered for going, making a nice run in the playoffs and then using that as a springboard thereafter. So I've made my case. We'll, okay. we'll hear from the fans. Yeah, I, I'd like to hear that one. All right, so there you go. 855-PATS-500, web radio at patriots.com, uh, at JR Broadcaster. So let me know what your, your thoughts are on this one. So you think the Patriots go down 23-20? Yeah. Okay. Not going to be stunned if they win, but I just have a – Show me, yeah. what, like you said. Show it's me Sunday. Show me. Show me. I, 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 hash, I ought to make a hashtag out of that yeah. one. Show me Sunday. That's yeah. kind of what I really think yep. because I, I'm I'm still not – that's why I gave the Patriots a little bit of the doubt, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could have done that because, you know, I work for the team too. <laughs> I, I got to – I mean, on a neutral field, look, I look at it this – home field is worth three points. I'm a firm believer in this. The Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites. So that tells me on a neutral field, the Bills still get favored. Right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. That's my thought process. So if the Bills are still thought of as a slightly better team than New England on a neutral site, the Patriots definitely have to show me. Mm-hmm. Now, all you got to do is win by one, I know. But forget the spread. I mean, I understand that a lot of people love that. But, I mean, you know, and, and depend upon that perhaps from time to time, week to week. But... Uh, you know, look, this is all about survive in advance. I hear you. Do you have any thoughts one way or the other on how you know, the COVID policy has sort of evolved this week as uh, well? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's – I was of two minds with that because, you know, at the beginning of the year the league said we're not going to rearrange the schedule to accommodate games. You're going to forfeit yep. if you can't field a team. Then right. they went back on their word. So – I wish they hadn't painted themselves in that corner and made themselves look bad by going against what they said they were going to do. But, but the science changed. But 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 so don't paint yourself in the corner. Right. Just say everything's on the table going forward. We're going to try not to reschedule games, but if we have to, we have to. They they didn't do that. They said firmly, you're going to forfeit. And then when they called their bluff, they they, they rescheduled yeah, games. Right. So, but you know, long college as basketball is going through the same thing. Too. I just feel like you know, last year it's not going to be as bad as it was last year. Nothing's ever going to be as bad as it was last year. Let's hope not. And they went through about three months of reshuffling the schedule to accommodate things. And the two two of the best teams made it to the Super Bowl. I think the same thing will happen this year. It'll it'll come out in the wash somehow. Is it an unfair advantage or disadvantage because of the 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 COVID uh, strategies? I mean, I don't dis- right. Well, I don't, it was last year too. Yeah, but saying, I don't like, I don't necessarily disagree with what they're talking about. If you're asymptomatic, that you shouldn't have to test everything. I don't disagree with that. I, I'm, you know, as long as is safety wise, you know, you're okay. And they haven't said that, you know, National Football League is, you know, uh, you know, conducive to spreading the disease. That isn't the case. We've seen that. So, I mean, as long as the, the safety factor is in there, then none of us are hypocrites in that regard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because that's w- why we've done the things that we've done them the way that we have anyway. Yeah. Because uh, allegedly for health and safety reasons. 
It's not for the almighty dollar, although it certainly sometimes seems like it and Mm -hmm. feels like it. There's also another part of a lot of us, myself included of late, that just feels like, God almighty, we are never going to be completely through this. So we need to now start figuring out a way to live with it. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we're in the infancy, the baby step stage of doing just that. And there are going to be, you know, hey, hopefully one step back but two steps forward. One step back, two mm-hmm. steps forward. And then, you know, and we're going to be able to make incremental moves in the right direction. Yep. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for here. Is it going to be perfect? No. Is some team going to get waylaid by it? Yeah. Uh, is somebody going to, you know, scream foul because their guy got, you know, pegged and the other team's guy didn't? Of course. Probably happening every week already anyway. This is where it's incumbent upon the teams and the organizations to have the necessary depth in their organization. We talked about this in the very beginning of this season, even before we figured that COVID was going to be the factor that it's become already. The, the bottom line is he who has the most toys at the end wins. Mm-hmm. The team that has the, done the best job of depth throughout the organization, they're 53 plus their, 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 uh, you know, their, their uh, practice squad is going to be there standing at the end. You know, the NBA, in order to, to take care of a lot of the, the issues that they have with COVID you know, uh, positives, they're allowing emergency signings. Did you see where the, the, the Celtics brought back Joe Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> I love the hell uh, out of that, though. This guy's 40 years old, yeah. and he's out there scoring baskets for the Celtics last night. Yeah. Holy crap, right? But, but he's on a 10-day emergency contract. I think the NFL and the NFLPA probably need to consider at least some kind of flexibility in order to be able to stack that kind of, you know, uh, make sure your practice squad has got enough people on it. Mm. And you know what? If your whole secondary gets biffed and you don't have backup corners on your practice squad, eh, sucks to be you Mm -hmm. because everybody's got the same chance. It's an equal playing field for everyone, is it not? Yeah. Everybody's playing under the same standards. So if you don't have the depth, shame on you. That's kind of how I look at yeah. it. Oh, huh. okay. Christmas plans? Other uh, than cooking? No, no. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna hunker down. That's all hunker there is down to and it. Tuck in. Yeah, hunker down, tuck in. That's really it. You got two football games to watch on Christmas. Though. Yeah, yeah. A couple of football games on Christmas, and then we'll be back here uh, bright Sunday. and early Sunday morning. Yeah, thank you God know? that wasn't rescheduled. Yeah, no kidding. I would have hated that. No. Can you imagine? No. No, that would have stunk. <laughs> thank goodness. And I'm glad they kept it in the one o'clock window yes, too. Me you know, too. that's even better. Even better. Early Christmas gift. Yeah, exactly. Now let's see if we can. Uh, See if you can take care of this last piece of business before we go <laughs> on holiday. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> children holiday. of all ages, it's time to pull up your britches, put on your argyle sweaters, puff on your corn cob pipes, and gather round the fire for Eric Scalavino's word of the day. Perfervid. Perfervid. Okay. Perfervid. <laughs> yeah, Matt Morello is very perfervid. <laughs> Excuse me, I just perverped. <laughs> per uh, perfervid. Okay. It's an adjective. Yeah. It means intense and impassioned, just like many of our listeners. Many Patriots fans are perfervid. Yeah. Okay. I I think I got this one. Uh, I bet you do. 
Why? <laughs> so you type in on the keyboard. No, but that I, what I do is I, I type in what I think it is, right? And if it doesn't show up, I know I'm screwed. They didn't allow you to do that in fourth grade in uh, Fort Worth Elementary it's School. It's the same. No. You, you ever see those kids when they stand up at the, at the, uh, at the microphone mm. and they're air drawing the letters? Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm air drawing the letter. Except the air doesn't give them the answer. This it your computer does. Nothing. No, nah, no. Nah, this doesn't do that. It just, it go just ahead, pops go up. Go ahead. It's Christmas. I'll allow it. Oh, gee, gee, many Christmas. <laughs> I can't lose. I can't win. can't win. P-E-R-F-E-R-V-I-D. Perfervid. Okay. Thank you. God <laughs> I just I feel like I just feel like I sat on Santa Claus's lap. <laughs> Here, little boy. No, don't you dare. <laughs> you want the word? Here's a word. I'm gonna give you a word. Oh boy. <laughs> I know. Oh God. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Yeah. Stay absolutely. safe. Stay what, are you, you going to be with your family? Yeah. Yeah. We'll okay. be with my cousins. Yeah. She hosts us every year. So good. Good. Hopefully, get through this latest uh, scare. What are you bringing in the league? What are you bringing for the table? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Don't know yet. Oil voice and getting <laughs> Bringing, I always bring that. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that goes without saying. Like that. That's good. <laughs> well, well played. <laughs> you saved yourself. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so you don't know what you're not yet. No. Okay. All right, we'll figure it out. Okay. I'm not usually. I'm the Thanksgiving. Yes. Person. Right. Right. But you don't. But we, we typically have you been asked to bring something? No. Oh, so no. this would be... This would be like an extra Yeah, surprise. a little extra surprise. Yeah. All right. Okay. You could always bring the cranberries. I want to do something with them, though. Okay. If I did. Okay. But... We'll what see. will you do with them? Do you know? Any any inclinations? I did have something that I wanted to make. What was it? What was it? I'll remember. Okay. I'll, I, I'm going to put them in the freezer, though, to make sure they they. Green, last. What, what's, what's your wife doing? <coughs> muffins. Muffins. Cranberry, cranberry muffins. Cranberry muffins? Yeah. Nice. Cranberry muffins, yeah. Nice. Just as good almost as cranberry uh, bread. Get the really. whip out tonight when I put the bag down on the table. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Woo, Get those yeah. muffins ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out. Uh, yeah, exactly. See you. I'll see you Sunday. Yep. Merry Christmas. You too. At E underscore Scal on Twitter, Eric Scalavino. 855-PATS-500. Want to get to the phones. We'll get in as many as we can here. Uh, Matthew Fairburn is going to join us. He's joining us first, right, Matt? Okay, uh, coming up in about 10 minutes. So let's lead it off here with uh, Patty and Aguam. Patty, Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas, John. What's the good word today? Besides perfervid. Besides perfervid or perverted, which whichever one you want to <laughs> see, wanna go with. everybody's thinking perverted. Okay, that's what you know. <laughs> I think that says something about the mindset, right? <laughs> I'm with you, John. I'm I'm baking, so okay. I'm I'm making some uh, really first time in my life. I'm making sugar cookies and my my good for you. Them. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. That's excellent. And then I'm I'm gonna take my ginger snap recipe and make. Gingerbread men out of them. Too. Nice. Can help me decorate those. Din- gingerbread men are always good. It's always good. They're always a treat. You know, I uh, the there's an ice cream parlor not far from where I live. It's in Swansea, Mass., uh, and it's called uh, the Barn. 
the ice cream barn in Swansea. If you ever get that direction, because I know you're you're a mass guy here, Patty, and uh, you're a mass hole yeah. like the rest of us, right? And so yeah. if you if you go to the ice cream barn, usually holiday time, it's around Thanksgiving, but for the last month, six weeks that it's open, because they're closed now, and they won't open up again, I don't think, until March, um, they have a gingerbread ice cream that is absolutely to die for because it has big chunks of gingerbread in the ice cream. And it's it's magnificent. It's one of the best ice creams I've yeah. ever had in my life. It's really it's that, that good. Sounds, that sounds flame. And if you get that, if you get that in a freshly baked waffle cone, oh God, stop me now. Okay, that's it. So it's called the barn in Swansea. The barn in Swansea, yep, the ice cream barn. In Swansea. If I'm, if I'm ever out east that way, I'm going to have to check it out. It's 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 uh, it's rapidly become my favorite go-to place for uh, for decadent treats like ice cream because they make it right there on the premise. Got their own creamery right there. They make everything fresh. It's it's fabulous. And when they do the you know the the holiday stuff, the pumpkin patch that they have is really good. Uh, the the gingerbread is to die for. Um, they have uh, several others uh, that are all worth trying, but it's those are my two favorites, and you cannot go wrong. And you know what? One of these years, I'm going to have to send you some of my ginger snaps. Oh, I would love it because I usually I, I usually make them like all throughout the winter. Really? From from the time from Thanksgiving up until like probably the the first couple weeks of March. Yeah. Well, Maureen and I would be very thankful and grateful. I will. I promise. Okay. You know what? I got turbinado sugar too, so I can I can make them up for real. Even better. Even better, sir. Even better. So, what are you thinking about this week? What are you thinking? Well, I'll start off with the uh, the question that yeah. you guys uh, proposed. Yeah. What would you? What would you? Yeah. What would you rather have? I would like the rookie and uh, some of these new guys, especially all the guys that are essentially going to be back on offense next year, because it's pretty much the whole entire offense mm-hmm. is going to be. Is going to look the same. I would love to see them win a playoff game, and if that means them not locking up the division, I'm all right with that. Yeah, if I could have one or the other, because you never know what's going to happen in the next round, too. And you could end up like going into somebody's house, like Tennessee, or back into Indy, you know, and knocking them off in the yeah. wild card round. That that'd be great. I mean, I think it would be it would do wonders, especially for Max confidence going forward after mm-hmm. this after this season's done and over with. That hey, you know what? I I had a winning record as a rookie quarterback, and I won at least one playoff game. I think there's a lot that you can build on there. There's just a part of me, though, that I've always been a hat and T-shirt guy. I I really have. I've always taken pride in that. You know, I used to love that. You know, when the when the you know the the Patriot players, you know the the ones that you know went through the you know the 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 three Super Bowls in four years back of the early 2000s, especially they always appreciated it. And and even when they weren't winning. You know, uh, championships like that. They were still winning divisions, and it never seemed to me like anybody here ever took that for granted. And I'd like to see that feeling come back around again. So there's a part of me that would love to see them celebrate in a hat and a t-shirt, certainly on Sunday. But you know, and again, the question was: it's either or. It could still happen either way, and it could still happen, you know, regardless. But either or, I think I would probably tend to side, like I said, with them. Well, the opportunity to win a playoff game just for the experience' sake. Yep. Um, let's let's agree to disagree, John. Okay. So, so just uh, going on this game this weekend. Yep. Um, I'll give you the score, and I'll I'll kind of give you my reasoning. I, I pick similar to similarly 
similarly to what Eric picked. I picked the although I picked the Pats winning twenty three twenty one. Okay. Twenty three twenty one. To it. me, to me, it just boils down to um, which coach is going to have their team prepared better. And I know that like I think a lot of stuff was kind of overblown after well, from what Sean McDermott said after the last in the press conference after we beat them in Buffalo, mm-hmm. but. I think, much like his team, Bill will take any anything, any sort of spark, and and you know turn it into a huge bonfire as far as motivation goes. Yep. So even though like some of that stuff might have been taken out of context, I think Bill looks at it and says, "Oh, okay, so you're not going to give me credit for coming up with a game plan where I ran 46 times and only threw three times." Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens in a couple weeks, there, buddy. Right. Right. Um, and I also think, uh, and I brought this up on PU, I'm, this is going to be a big test for the secondary. At least, you know, that that end of the team looks like it's it's almost at full strength. I know that there's there's depth concerns, but all the guys that should be out there are going to be out there, you know. And uh, Kyle Duggar's going to be going to be back there too, which he wasn't there the first game. So I'd like to see wh- how they use him, you know, because we didn't get to see that in the last time we played him, and I think. Who knows? I mean, they could they could uh, use them to spy Josh Allen. They could just match them up one on one on Knox. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, and I'm sure some of the guys that they got good talent. I mean, Gabriel's good, um, Diggs obviously, and I, I know Beasley's going to be out. But I think that could lo- loom large for them too, with him not playing in this game. Sure, could. I, I actually think I actually you know. Uh, I, I, that to me, that was almost the deciding factor for me. You know, hey, if Beasley's going to be out, they don't have their binky to go to, just like the Patriots don't have something to go to, uh, and and the Patriots might need it a little bit more. So that was one of the main reasons why I went ahead and stayed with the Patriots. To be honest with you, yeah, and um, it, it's funny too because prior to uh, the last time these guys played a couple weeks ago, I guess Josh Allen told um, some of the media guys leading up to the game that, hey, we know that they're going to give us stuff underneath, and you know what, I'm going to take what they what they give us. But they, he, he didn't. Like, uh, the very last play there, uh, uh, um, on the fourth down, he had Beasley open over the middle, mm-hmm. but he decided to, to throw it into the end zone, and he seems to do that quite a bit, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I like Josh Allen a lot. I think he's, I, I mean, I think he's an excellent quarterback, but I don't think he's matured to that point where he's just going to let you know take the take what the defense is giving him i think he's he's just going to try and gun it you know running gun every single play sure and you kind of like that that like cowboy style mentality but if you're trying to win games you're trying to win championships you know whether it be eight you know division championships conference championships super bowl championships sometimes you got to just take what the defense gives you and run with it yep yep i'm with you i'm with you on that one so you think 23 21 Twenty-three, twenty-one, Pats. Okay, lock it in, John. I'm gonna win one of these weeks. <laughs> I know I've been saying it for like seven years, but one of these weeks I'm going to win. That's right. Hey, blind squirrel <laughs> does find a nut every now and then, you know. It does. <laughs> but uh, I'll let you go so you can get to some more callers, John. Merry Christmas, to you and Marine Corps, and um, I'll just uh, I'll have to. Uh, slap myself and say hey <laughs> you, you know go. you promised these guys cookies make them some freaking cookies and mail them out thanks 
Always appreciate it. Merry Christmas, Patty. Appreciate you, as always. Uh, Terry in Virginia up next. Oh, no. Terry's not there. Okay, he's not there. Uh, Terry, give us a call back if you can. Claire in the U.K. Hi, Claire. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going. It's going. Hi, Marine Corps. He's on the phone. <laughs> he's on the phone. That's all right. It's okay. Hey, girl. Yeah, see, there you go. Now he heard you. Now he heard you. So what are you thinking, Claire? What are you thinking for this weekend? Especially, what do you think of the question? What would you rather win? Would you rather win the division title, or would you rather win a playoff game? I didn't get the details of the question because I was still piecing together. Okay. Still recording today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed the first bit of the show, so I apologize. Okay. Did you repeat the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Happy to. <laughs> Here's the... Whoa. What is, is it me? Is it is my electric personality that, you know... Puts this short all the way through the system, has it? Okay. Well, did you hear that? I did. I thought I got cut off. Actually, yeah. So. Okay, it's all internal. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> wow. I feel like, ooh, man, I need to make sure I have my sneakers on, otherwise I'm going to shock myself here. All right. Uh, so the question was, um, um, I'm distracted now. Oh, here we go. So, would you rather win the AFC East? Okay. Would you rather win the AFC East and lose a first round playoff game, or sneak in as a wild card? And win a first round playoff game. Um, see what I mean? Ooh. Yeah. See. Yeah. It's not easy. Not easy. I want the best opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. Right. Well, the best opportunity yeah. to, to get to the Super Bowl is to win the playoff game. Yeah. Because the the deal is is that you win the AFC East, but you lose. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, now I'm with you. Well, see, I, see what I'm yeah, saying? The, the electricity went to my brain and completely frazzled it out then. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's my excuse and I'm sticking to Have it. it. Happens uh, all the time. Yeah, no, the second in the playoff game. All right, I got it. So you'd rather win the playoff game. So the AFC East becomes secondary in that regard. Yeah, because you go further. I mean, it's great to win the AFC East and beat the Bills and all this kind of stuff, but... Ultimately, you've got more of a shot of winning the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what's more important. The bigger mm-hmm. picture is more important. Yep. Now, if you said it's kind of like a win the AFC and definitely don't get to the Super Bowl either way, yeah. then, yeah, that's a bit different. Yeah. You know, say um, that you go further if you don't win the division, mm-hmm. but you still don't win the Super Bowl, then... Then I'd take the winning the division. Sure, but here's of, yeah, but wanting to be better than the Bills. Yeah, the catch yeah, is though to win the playoff game, yeah. you're going to have to go on the road to win it. Yeah. Right. No, so. that's yeah, that's. I don't know. It's it's it was an interesting question. That's why we thought we'd we'd bring it up because I'm kind of like, well, yeah. you know, people want to win. They want a championship. They want a hat. They want a T-shirt. We understand all of that, but you know, everybody wants to feel like oh, the Patriots are back. The dynasty hasn't gone anywhere. Yada yada. But at the same time. You still got to develop this roster. You still have a young quarterback that you have to develop. And what's the best way to develop them? But by giving them the experience that you just can't get every day, and that is postseason, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that might push Mac Jones a little bit further if he had a game or two, as the case would be, under his belt in terms of the postseason. That's all. Hmm. Guy's twenty three years old. He's got hopefully a long career ahead of him. You want to get him up to snuff as soon as you can. I think that's one of the main reasons that Tom Brady turned out the way that he did, because the Patriots had a good team built up around him and they were winning, and he learned how to win. Yeah, 
good coaching there, isn't it, as well? So, well, you know, well that you, always you helps. Yeah, no, that yeah, al- that always helps. Forward. Always helps. You got a score you for. You guys th- are making me so hungry. I know, before. right? We're talking about bread, gingerbread, and cranberries, and donuts. Earlier, I caught the donuts bit and then missed a bit in the middle, and I was like, "Oh, donuts!" Right? You're killing me over here. What do you guys do so for that. the holidays? What do you do for the holidays? Oh, not a fat lot, personally. Really? Um, but I think over here we do pretty much the same kind of thing you guys do over there. Yeah, I kind of gathered. Th- the way that Thanksgiving is different. But yeah, I have Christmas, a. I think is very similar. To how you guys do it. I have an, an ex-father-in-law who's unfortunately no longer with us, but he was uh, very much a, uh, um, a Brit, and um, we actually went over and visited his family a few years back, and, and uh, mm-hmm. he, he always told me that you know their traditions were much the same as what ours were. Yeah. So that's good. I like it's, that. It's all about keeping warm, mm-hmm. same with loved ones as mm-hmm. much as you can, mm-hmm. and eating too much food. It's that time of relaxing for most people i know it's not a time for relaxing for everybody i appreciate that right the job roles that i've always been in have been those kinds that you do shut down kind of over christmas kind of thing so i I have been fortunate that i'm the sort of person right here's the load of books over christmas yeah cheers marine thanks for that yeah here's the one thing that i won't do and i don't think this is not necessarily (laughs) a christmas thing but i remember my my uh, father-in-law tried to get me to try it and i would not do blood pudding yeah, I won't do that either. So, you know, you're in good company. Okay. All right. What's the attraction there? I have I have no idea. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would do the fu- – I did – when I would go out, and when we would go out, and this happened to be during the holidays, but when we go out, I would order the full English breakfast. But I would say, you know, minus the blood pudding. Me too. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Oh, I have mine as well. Okay. All right. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Thank you, company. Okay. See? All right. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure I was on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same page. Same, cool. book, same page. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> Do you want my prediction? Go. It, it's, a, it's a hot prediction. It's a completely blast out of the water. This is crazy. Everybody's going to think I'm a loon, but it's just what I came up with. And, and if I win the, the yearbook, then great. Go. I'm going Patriots 30, Bill 10. 30 to 10? Yeah, the Patriots are going to squish the Bills, smash the Bills. That's what I said at the beginning of the season. All right, the Patriots are going to smash the Bills. Well, and then so guess then if it, if 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 we get anywhere close to that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you need to clear your schedule for next Thursday so we can chit chat about this. <laughs> okay, I'm on a buy next week. Didn't you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Hey, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And you, John. Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Stay well. You got it. All right. That's Claire in the UK. Matthew Fairburn covers the Patriots for The Athletic. He also has the unique distinction of having started this football season covering the Buffalo Bills for The Athletic as well before he switched beats. He joined us here in the playbook. Hey, Matthew. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Great. So what was that like? I mean, I know what it's like to change jobs and everything, but what was it like going from Buffalo to New England within, you know, basically the, the same season when the two teams are, you know, obviously, you know, hot to trot for each other right about now? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, it was right around the end of training camp that, you know, everything kind of came together and uh, I was out in New England by by week one for their week one game. Didn't get fully moved until, you know, probably mid-October or so. Wow. And 
you know, it's definitely an interesting perspective to have, you know, feeling like you almost know, you know, kind of know more about the Bills for a good part of the season than I did about the Patriots after spending seven years there. So it definitely gave me a different perspective on that first matchup and, you know, the, the ins and outs of how the Bills feel about the Patriots, how they match up with the Patriots, the whole thing. So uh, it's been been interesting. When I made the switch, a lot of people thought, you know, uh, especially in Buffalo, were saying, oh, you're leaving the, you know, the Bills beat right when they're going to make a run at the Super Bowl and the Patriots are on the way down and this and that. But lo and behold, here we are at Christmas time. <laughs> these two are playing for the division. Just, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's cool because you know I've been asking people around here and back there. You know when was it? You know when was the last time where these games between these two teams meant so much to both teams? Uh, it's been you know probably a good twenty twenty five years since these games have had these kind of stakes. Right. So it's uh, it's been a cool matchup. Yeah, definitely. So I was going to ask you then the the obvious follow up I think is so how has your perspective on Buffalo changed since you've been covering this team because I know you've been paying attention to them. You almost have to because they're in the AFC East. It's a part of being on the beat you're per, you're presently on. Yeah, it's almost like I, I feel like I'm covering the AFC East because these games are so important and because I have, you know, good knowledge of both teams. I think, you know, it's what I've learned about the Patriots and how they operate has definitely been, uh, you know, a bit of an eye opener in terms of just how steady they are and how, when they were two and four, it felt like it was no big deal. When they won seven in a row, it also felt like it was no big deal. Like every day they really do have that same kind of mentality and it's it being removed from the bills in that regard and having that respect perspective, you notice, the waves that they ride, you know, emotionally and as a team. And they clearly haven't gotten to that point as a franchise and and as a team where these games and, you know, the idea of them not being the underdog and them being the the hunted team in the AFC East, it hasn't really sunk in and they haven't figured out how to play that way. You know Mm. what I mean? They, They haven't really wrapped their heads around this idea that people aren't counting them out. People are counting counting on them to win games and to to be a playoff team and a Super Bowl contender. And I think they were pretty uncomfortable with with playing that way, as we've seen throughout this season. So, you know, I think that manifested a bit in that first game where, you know, they came undone a little bit Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally and and made some key mistakes that allowed the Patriots to, to win the way that they did. And I'm curious to see how they've adjusted with only, what, 20 days between the two matchups if the Bills have been able to find their equilibrium at all, uh, you know, before they come into Gillette Stadium on Sunday. Well, I think they found it a little bit last week, uh, only because they looked more like the Buffalo team that we saw prior, you know, to the uh, to, to the the first Patriot game. But honestly, I mean, I guess we won't ever know. We just won't know until we get the game underway on Sunday. Because frankly, um, <laughs> I think it would be I think it'd be great if the Patriots threw the football thirty one straight times. <laughs> Just to just 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 a mess with everybody's heads. Yeah, I mean, clearly they <laughs> they were able to get in Sean Thurman's head a little bit. Yeah, uh, on that Monday Night Football. Yeah, game. I think that was obvious to anybody watching on the broadcast the way he was, you know, lashing out at the officials. Uh, you know, his post game press conference where he didn't want to give Bill Belichick too much credit, and you know the way his players were in their post game press conference, like that game. I think drove them crazy a little bit and it should have because you know 
they were, you know, the team that controlled field position and everything else in the game. They had so many opportunities to win. They were in the red zone four times compared to one for the Patriots, and yet they lose the game, and the Patriots didn't even have to throw the ball to do it. I mean, I think that would drive anybody mad, and it clearly did to them. So they need to find a way to be a little bit steadier in their approach emotionally throughout this game because, like you said, you don't know what Bill Belichick will throw at them, right? They might, you know, they were kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek saying that they could, you know, bring that game plan back, all the passing plays, right? You know, they didn't (laughs) use any of them. So they, you know, they they like to start from scratch and do all their uh, preparation the way that they do every week and, you know, imagine like they're playing them for the first time. But the fact of the matter is they had a whole bunch of passing plays put in that week that they didn't use. So, uh, you know, I think the way Bill Belichick is able to, you know, game plan and manipulate games within the game and adjust within a game is such a huge advantage to the Patriots that showed up so often this year, and I think it did in that Monday night game. We'll see if if McDermott has made any adjustments of his own to be better this time around. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing here, Matthew Fairburn, who uh, who uh, covers the uh, the Patriots for The Athletic and obviously a former uh, beat uh, reporter for uh, the Buffalo Bills for The Athletic, joining us here in the playbook. One of the things I think will be most intriguing is just to see if, if Bill or the Patriots want to continue messing around with Buffalo's head. And, and frankly, certainly one way you could do it, yeah, I mentioned throwing the ball 31 times, and I think that's less likely to happen. What's more likely to happen is if the Patriots come out and just try to run the football the same form and fashion the way they did regardless of the weather like they did 20 days ago. I mean, to me, that that would be really trying to mess with Buffalo. And it would also be a strategic move because, frankly, you want to see how Sean McDermott has adjusted his team. All right, this is what we want to do, guys, if they do this again. And, you know, I'll add that it should be easier to run the football in theory in this game because given the weather, it was obvious that they were going to have to run the football right. in that game in Orchard Park, and the Bills responded accordingly. They had eight-plus defenders in, in the, the box, box yep. on a consistent basis mm-hmm. throughout that game, and yet the Bill, or the Patriots just kept running. So in this game, in theory – the Bills won't be able to load the box in that way, and the Patriots will at least be able to use the pass as a threat, uh, you know, to kind of set up the run, and the weather won't force them into running the ball constantly or feeling like they need to play that kind of ball control game. So now, you know, if you're the Bills, you couldn't stop the run when you knew it was coming, when everybody watching the game on TV, everybody in the stadium knew the run was coming. Now you need to prove that you can stop the run when you don't necessarily right. know it's coming. And Mac Jones has shown, uh, you know, in that Colts game when they got behind, he struggled a little bit, but he pulled it together and, and he was able to throw the ball when the Colts knew they had to throw. So sure. I think he's enough of a threat that now you're looking at entering this game as a as a two dimensional offense. And as long as they can control the the script of the game and, you know, not go down 14, 17, 20 to nothing like they did against the Colts. I think uh, an interesting aspect of the Bills is that their last 15 wins have all come by 10 points or more, but they have only won one game this year when they were trailing at any point. You know, if you can get up on this team early, that's the formula. And obviously the Patriots have shown, you know, when they get behind early, that doesn't favor the way they like to play running the ball and, and controlling the game. So 
you know, the the first quarter is going to be a big deal on Sunday. I thought the first quarter was key against the Colts last week. The Patriots, frankly, blew it. They, you know, won the toss. They deferred like they always do. And I just thought that was a complete and total brain fart when you consider that the Colts are the NFL's highest scoring team in the first quarter. And they still scored 14 points and didn't score in their opening drive because the Patriots screwed it up. Yeah, everything worked out for them in terms of, you know, deferring and not getting the ball. They, they managed to get, you know, it worked out by design. They got the, uh, you know, the punt and they they just missed so many opportunities with, you know, penalties and everything else in mm-hmm. the first quarter. That mm-hmm. that Jacoby Myers play down the sideline before the blocked punt Huge. to me was one of the bigger plays in the entire game. If yeah, he he's got, that, who knows? Yeah, he's got to come up with that. Different. Yeah, he had to come and up with that. I don't know if it goes down as a drop, but to me, that's a catchable ball. That was I thought I said to you know somebody at the press box like that was one of Mac Jones's best throws of the year, mm-hmm. uh, right on the money, and mm-hmm. only where Jacoby Myers could catch it. So you know they need to take advantage of their opportunities early in games, you know when they have them because things were going okay for them, uh, you know in that first quarter before they started, you know hurting themselves with penalties and mistakes that weren't really forced on the Colts' part, and then. You know, the Colts get the block punt and the floodgates open on them a little bit. You saw in that Monday night game against the Bills, getting that big touchdown run early sure. set the whole tone of the game. Right. And, you know, I think allowed them to play it on their terms. They don't want teams, you know, playing on their terms. And that's the way the Bills – the Bills are a front-running team. I mentioned that they're not the type of team that likes to, you know, Come from behind. necessarily play from behind. And they're also not the type of team, you know, that has been used to being – the hunted team. So you let them get rolling and start feeling good about themselves and they get that passing game rolling. It can be tough to slow them down. They can put up points in a hurry. So, you know, I, I I don't expect a Bill Belichick coach team to come out that flat two weeks in a row. Yeah. And I would love it just, just, just to show that they actually do have, you know, some ability uh, outside of pure stubbornness to see them take the ball to open up the game and actually take the ball because the whole, you know, deferring to the start of the second half is way overblown. You don't have a quarterback. I mean, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but you don't have Tom Brady running the show, and I think you got spoiled by all those years of Tom being able to turn that double-a-double around. It seemed like every week for a few years there, Matthew, that the Patriots were able to pull that off, and it just became routine. That set a trend for the entire National Football League to follow. Hey, let's do what the Patriots are doing. Let's defer. Let's get that last possession of the first half and steal a possession, get the first one of the second half and try the double score. It really, it only happens about 10 to 12 percent of the time, if that. Yeah, and I think at times this year they haven't been super aggressive at the end of halves, and they're not always 100 percent certain with Good point. letting their quarterback go down the field Good and point. take advantage of that, that Good double point. score. So yep. if you don't have that mentality, then you're right. You probably should get a script going for the start of the game and try to get some points early and you know, let the game, you know, be kind of played on your terms. And what's also interesting is last week they deferred to, you know, set up that chance to have points at at the end of the first and the beginning of the second half. That was when Mac Jones threw both his interceptions. So, you know, they they really spoiled both opportunities, one at the end of the first half and then to start the second half. It it really was, you know, a game where the mistakes came at the worst (laughs) times and, you know, kept kind of stacking on top of each other. So I'd be interested to see if they would adjust that approach. I found it interesting in the first game with 
it was a more complicated coin toss because of the wind and, mm-hmm. you know, choosing which side of the field you wanted to be on. And the Patriots ended up having it in the fourth quarter. But this should be a little more straightforward. If they want to, you know, take the ball and try to get off to a fast start, uh, you know, then, you know, let's see them give it a shot and see if that opening script can pay off so that they can get a lead. Right. The one thing that I've noticed about Buffalo, at least over the last couple of weeks, is that Devin Singletary has been much more of a focal point of the offense. He's he's actually run the ball pretty doggone well, whereas prior to the Patriots game, I mean, there really wasn't much to speak of in terms of Buffalo's running game. How much of a factor could that be for this game on Sunday? I think they would like to show that they can run the ball. That's in Sean McDermott's you know, DNA as a coach is that he wants to be able to run the football. Even though his team is built to throw, he still feels like he can have a run-the-ball tough up-front team. And I think with the way Devin Singletary is moving in the backfield, they, they have a chance to be a little bit more effective in that area. It's clearly his backfield now over Matt Breida and Zach Moss. They've shown that, you know, Singletary is the guy that they trust, and he's had some big games for them in the past. I don't think, you know, the Patriots necessarily need to be thinking that this guy's going to have a huge game on them. He's not Jonathan Taylor, but the run defense has had some iffy moments, and Devin Singletary can break off a big run. You know, he's not, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, like I said, he's not Derrick Henry, but. He's got some speed. He's got some change of direction. He's, he's tough to bring down on first contact. But they also have to worry about Josh Allen in that running game because mm-hmm. against the Buccaneers, the Bills showed that they weren't sure. afraid to let him loose. And he got hurt a little bit, but he played you know, through it and looked fine against the Panthers. I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know he gets involved with designed runs. I mean, the desperation with which I expect the Bills to play, I mean, I feel like they are going to be – desperate to win this game they they want to beat the Patriots Mm -hmm. as bad as they want to beat any team in the league and I would expect them to pull out all the stops to do it I think you know Devin Singletary will be more involved but you know so too will probably Josh Allen as a runner we'll we'll see that RPO I think a few times that I'd be stunned if we didn't absolutely I mean why wouldn't you when you have a quarterback who's as dangerous as Josh Allen is you know on the option game and you know the read, whether it's the read option, the RPO, uh, it's a big part of what they do in the quick passing game. And when they get it, you know, when they get it working, and when they can get him moving in mm-hmm. space, it can really keep defenses guessing. It's it's a risk. I mean, this guy is your your two hundred and fifty million dollar franchise passer, and he's he's running around taking big hits. But for most of his career, he's looked indestructible when he does it, and it seems to get him almost into more of a rhythm in yeah. some ways. He right. likes, you know, getting hit and feeling the game that way. That's the type of competitor that he is. So, uh, you know, Brian Dable likes to throw in some wrinkles specific to a game plan. And I find that to be a fascinating element of this game is that they've, you know, just played 20 days ago. I know it was different weather conditions, but, you know, the little adjustments you have to make as a coaching staff. And, you know, Josh McDaniels called it a tug of war where you think, well, this went well, so maybe we'll try it again, but they're probably going to adjust and try to stop it. So you almost need to have, you know, a few different plans to pivot to throughout a game. And uh, I think, you know, Brian Dable having come up in this scheme and, you know, come up in this background of coaching is probably thinking, 
much the same way as, as McDaniels and Belichick are. What do you feel like then, uh, Matthew, to wrap it up here, what do you feel like then the Patriots do well enough offensively to take advantage of the Bills' defense? Because, you know, I've been a big Ed Oliver fan since he came into the league. I was a fan of him in college ball. And he every once in a while makes a play that's like, wow, did I just see that? And then on the other hand, in the secondary, uh, I'm wondering how much emotion will be involved, especially guys like Poyer and Hyde back there who, you know, had that question and that whole little brush up in the post game after the game 20, you know, days ago. And I'm wondering if they're taking things personally and if they don't feel like they have something to prove as well. Yeah, I think the, the advantage is still running the ball mm-hmm. because you know until they show that they can stop it and stop it consistently, that's the Patriots' bread and butter. But when it comes to the passing game, you're probably not going to get a ton of chances to take shots downfield, and you know that's probably an unnecessary risk. Hoyer and Hyde are really good at limiting big plays. Mm-hmm. You know their communication in the back end is such an essential part of how the Bills play defense. They're extremely connected, and they they just don't let you know teams get behind them often in the secondary. But their cover corners, you know, could be picked on a little bit in the quick passing game. Levi Wallace is you know not their number one guy since Tre'Davious White went down. He's had to fill those shoes. They've got Dane Jackson on the other end, but he's a little banged up as well coming out of that last game. So the depth at corner is definitely going to be tested. They have a good slot corner, but on the boundaries, you can get the ball in the receiver's hands quickly and, and try to pick up some yards that way. I think there's an advantage in the quick passing game. The Patriots have actually produced explosive passing plays at a pretty high rate. They don't necessarily do it in the way that it, you know everybody thinks about with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. gunning the ball downfield, but they have created some big plays with short and intermediate passes that allow those receivers to do some damage after the catch. And I think there's a possibility they can pull that off here. Just a matter of being mindful of those safeties. They're going to be on top of their game, like you said, and they are, you know, exceptional players. Mm-hmm. So I would expect that, you know, if, if you try them deep, you know, you could end up in some trouble. You're leaning one way or the other with one of these teams for Sunday? I still give the Patriots a slight edge. I'm still leaning that way, playing at home, coming off a loss. I think they have a pretty significant coaching advantage. The defense seems to have Josh Allen's number, uh, you know, outside of that one late season meeting last year. So I do feel like the Patriots have enough to get this done. I mean, make no mistake, the Bills are a dangerous team, you know, despite their record. I still think, you know, they're, they're a team that if they get hot at the right time, could make a deep run in the postseason mm-hmm. and that passing game is always dangerous but uh, you know the just the, the feeling from talking to you know some of these Patriots players and hearing the way they responded to Saturday night makes me think they're they're ready to bounce back and that you know playing at home with with the division on the line that some of those mistakes will be cleaned up and, and they'll be the team that doesn't beat themselves just enough to, to pull out a close win. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way really about both teams. That's why I said earlier um, Sunday's game is uh, hashtag show me Sunday. Both teams have something that they, I think, need to step up and prove here, uh, at least to themselves, if not the rest of the league. Yeah, it'll be a defining game for both of these teams heading into the postseason, knowing what type of team they are. I feel like it, there's mo- still more pressure, you know, and and what you're talking about, the show-me game Mm -hmm. on the Bills in the sense that it's compounded by the fact that 
this is year five under Sean McDermott, year four with the quarterback. Mm -hmm. This is the year they're supposed to be the team heading to a Super Bowl run with their quarterback still on a cost-controlled deal for another year here before the big one kicks in. The Patriots have a little bit of leeway, right? They got the rookie quarterback. They're, you know, he's going through some of these things for the first time. But yeah, we're about to find out how how ready Mac Jones and the Patriots are to be serious contenders come January, and you know what type of you know trajectory this Bills rebuild is going to take as they you know try to upend the Patriots and you know show that they're not in their head and that they can you know enter the postseason with some good good momentum going. Right. Really good stuff, Matthew. Thanks for spending a little time with us today. Greatly appreciated, and uh, happy holidays, and Merry Christmas, and make sure it's a great weekend for yourself. Awesome. Thanks so much. Happy holidays, guys. You got it. Will do. And uh, we'll see you on Sunday, uh, no doubt. Matthew Fairburn, uh, at Matthew Fairburn, F-A-I-R-B-U-R-N. That's his Twitter handle. He uh, covers the Patriots for The Athletic. Uh, formerly the beat reporter for the Buffalo Bills for The Athletic, but he moved, as he said earlier in the conversation, uh, basically right at the beginning of the season after the was uh, right after the first week. And um, now he's on the Patriots beat. But I just thought it would be an interesting perspective to kind of get that a little bit here, only because, uh, wow, he's really seen both teams up close and personal this year. Now, it was well before they ever played each other, but you can tell, he still knows a hell of a lot about the Bills and what their tendencies are and what they're thinking, and I'm like him. I kind of also agree. I think that the the pressure is really on Buffalo here. And then, yeah, I think they're going to want to win this game probably as bad as they've wanted to win any game at any point in time in the last several years. But that's just it. If it doesn't break out well for them, if they don't get off to the good start, if they do get put in a hole early, you're going to see that entire sideline tighten up just because of what's at stake. And, I, I you know, there's, there's something to that. There is absolutely something to that. A uh, couple of emails here. Uh, this is from California. Is it back now? Wow, what happened? Wow. I promise you I didn't touch a thing. Okay. My apologies if some, you know, you're listening on your computer and like, what the hell is that? Okay. I didn't touch a thing. Sometimes we just, we take power hits here. I don't know. Does it just happen when it's me or does it happen with the Oh, it happened on Paul's on Thursday's or Wednesday's show. I can't remember. Wow. Today's Thursday. So it happened on Wednesday's show. Okay. All right. So bear with us here. I'll try not to, uh, you know, scream. Maybe that's doing it. I don't know. Wow. Anyway, Aiden says, uh, from California, he says, sure needed a nitpick Tuesday for this past game. We played sloppy football. The Colts out-patrioted the Patriots. Credit to Deuce for that, but it was clear we weren't ready to match the intensity of the Colts, and our quarterback looked like he beat down his leg during the first three quarters. But with that said, we're on to Buffalo. I think the the Pats play angry. Patriots win 30-20. to I don't know if I necessarily agree with that assessment on Mac Jones's play, Aiden, but I understand your your perspective there a little bit. It looked like it, but you know, look, you got to give them credit. They also came back and nearly won the damn thing despite themselves. And I think if you you know you really look at it from a New England perspective, that's what you hang your hat on going into this game this Sunday. And the fact is, is that they came back and darn near won the game. And if you know Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower hadn't been out of position to make a tackle and a simple cutback move by Jonathan Taylor. Who knows? 
they box him in there and they get the ball back and they only need a field goal to tie and put it in overtime. I'm just saying. Uh, one more quick. Sean in Vancouver. My guest for the score on December 26th, Boxing Day. Yes, it is in Canada. New England 24, Buffalo 20. The Patriots came out flat in Indianapolis. It took three quarters for them to really get into the game. I know the coaching staff is serving up a lot of humble pie this week. Undoubtedly, Sean. You know those film sessions were probably you know going to be uh, you know um, uh, chop busting time exclusively this week about what went wrong, what you did wrong, what you screwed up. Oh yeah. Sean says Sunday will be time to see how they respond and what this team is really made of. Are the Patriots 3.0 ready to work to outwork and out edge their opponents? That's the key. Let's see if we can get a little more insight on that. Ryan Hannibal, as you all know, covers the Patriots for WEEI, WEEI.com. He's been a frequent contributor here uh, in the playbook over the years. He joins us here on Patriots.com radio once again. Hey, Ryan, Merry Christmas to you and your and your wife and your family. John, you too. How's it going? It's going. It's going, you know. And I, I have to admit that the intrigue for this one uh, is, you know, I, you know it, it's left me a little bit um, – anxious and i'm sure the players are anxious too and i and i'm wondering if part of that intrigue wasn't set up by the patriots you know nearly three weeks ago because of the way and the in the style of football that they played against the bills the bills didn't get a chance to see this team throw the football at all so does buffalo really know what they're getting ready for i'm wondering if that's part of the intrigue to this one on sunday yeah absolutely i mean like you said the the weather conditions dictated how that game played out the patriots probably didn't use they probably used like you know five percent of their offensive playbook so right. buffalo really has no idea kind of what to expect and usually when those divisional games are played so close together that kind of evens the playing field but maybe it's a little bit different this time around because of just the conditions from the last game um, but this is just a fascinating matchup just because they're two very evenly matched teams i would say you know you have the patriots who won the division for so many years and buffalo finally got its chance last year, but then now it kind of feels like if you're the Bills that your chance to kind of take a stranglehold on the division for a couple of years may be fading away um, with Mac Jones and his rookie season. So that's going to be, you know, frustrating for them in a way and, and kind of puts all the pressure on them, not only just for this game, but kind of like the, the tenure of Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, Brian Dable, et cetera. So there are so many different layers to this game, and it, it will be really interesting to see how it all plays out, what the game plans are like, and how each team tries to attack you know, the other. Yeah, and, and I, look, the pressure factor, I think, is clearly on the side of the Bills right now. I think the Patriots are still playing a little bit less so, but a little bit with house money uh, because of the expectations before this season started. Buffalo was the anointed AFC East de facto winner. They were supposed to be back in the AFC Championship, maybe even a, a bond Super Bowl contender, if not winner this year, and they've already lost two more games than they lost all of last year with still three more weeks to play. So to me, there's a there's a heap load of, of uh, a pressure, I think, still on the Bills' shoulders, and the way and the fashion that they lost that game three weeks ago, I mean... I don't know how anybody – I mean, it's it's going to be difficult for them, I think, to basically uh, concentrate on the task at hand. And if they, if they let it get away from them, that's going to be problematic, I think, on Sunday. Not problematic for them, not for the Patriots or Patriots fans. Yeah, and so with the Bills, I, after that last game, the Monday night game, I kind of thought they were done, just how the game unfolded, the post-game comments from the couple players that went, went after a reporter, Sean McDermott's comments. 
But then they kind of showed me something in that game against the Bucks when they were you know down by what was it close to twenty points at the half, yeah, and then came back and made it a game. And so that's kind of where I'm coming to. With I kind of think the Bills might be able to show up on Sunday and and aren't going to let we you know what happened a couple of weeks ago impact how this game goes and we'll see what they're made of this is kind of you know their season's really on the line this is the afc title game so to speak and i don't know based on what i saw against tampa bay and then you know last week against carolina i kind of think this bill team is going to show up and give the patriots a good a good fight yeah i i kind of do too uh, i mean you know sometimes when you you know have that goal in mind and you're working towards something and, and you know it, it can go one of two ways you can either you know completely and 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 come unraveled or you can really you know key in and have you know uh, a fair amount of success I, I just get the feeling that you know and i thought buffalo showed a little of that last week in that win over carolina uh that you know buffalo is still a very good football team uh, I just don't know if you know the Patriots got into their heads enough from the way that that fourteen to ten game you know uh, transpired twenty days, twenty one days ago, whatever it was. Uh, Buffalo is still pretty good, but they got to show us, and that's why I said you know hey, it's really kind of like a show me Sunday because we haven't seen the Patriots come back from the adversity. They kind of shot themselves in the foot against the Colts, got down early. And then gave up a big play late when they were trying to rally back. And, and the Bills, we've seen them come back a little bit from some adversity, but can they sustain it? Both teams, I think, have something to prove on Sunday. I think that's a great point, especially from a Patriots perspective, where yeah. they were rolling for seven straight weeks and everything was going their way. They weren't playing from behind. They are you know, winning all those games and never trailing. Everything seemed to be going right for Mac Jones. Uh, and then last week, he had a tough first half and obviously bounced back in the second half. But it does seem like from a, a national perspective, there's been a lot of attention being played to Mac Jones. And, you know, is he hitting that rookie wall? And, and, you know, is he as good as he showed during those seven weeks? So I think that that'll be a telling to see how Matt kind of responds to that. I would say there's a lot of pressure on him this week. I'm not saying he has to go out and win the game for the Patriots, but, you know, have a better performance <laughs> than he did last week against the Colts. Take care of the football, not not be the reason why the Patriots, you know, have to go down and come from behind. So there's, like you said before, it's just kind of not only a show-me game for, for the teams, but also individuals too, like Mac Jones. Can Mac Jones do that without the receivers that he probably needs to have? It's a tough question. I, I mean, if, if those guys are out, then I would say it's going to be an uphill climb. But you know, when I look at these two teams, I still think the Patriots need to kind of try – to do what they did on that, in that Monday, Monday night game and, yeah. and, and run the ball. Yeah. You know, that's the Buffalo has the number one ranked passing defense in the NFL. So, you know, if you're the Patriots, you'd be stupid to, to go into this game and try to throw the ball, you know, all over the field. I would go in, even if, you know, the running back situation is a little banged up with Harris and Stevenson, but try to commit to the run, you know, establish the running game, play from ahead. I think that's what the Patriots are at their best. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, a, a they're not as good when they're playing from behind. The numbers kind of bear that out. Like Mac Jones and the Patriots are 0-4 when he throws more than 36 times. So that's not, you know, a knock on Mac. That just shows how important it is to play from ahead and we can run the ball in the second half. So I think it's it's important for the Patriots to try to establish the run. And if they don't have to pass, then they don't have to pass. I think, I think that's kind of primary goal number one is to establish the run and see if they can you know, ride that the entire game. 
Yeah, playing from ahead, key point, you know, and uh, the point that I brought up earlier uh, was, you know, Patriots might have blown it, you know, from the opening get-go uh, and the opening kickoff against the Colts because they deferred and they allowed, you know, even though the Colts didn't score in their first possession, the, the Patriots allowed, you know, Indianapolis to play, you know, basically footloose and fancy-free, especially after that block kick, it all came unraveled, and the Colts still scored 14 first-quarter points. So, I mean, Buffalo has had such an extremely hard time coming back. In fact, one of their wins is of the comeback variety I think we were talking about earlier. So if that's really the case this year, this is exactly the case you need to make for taking the ball, getting the lead, playing from the lead rather than trying to play from behind. Yeah, and I think that when you look at the Patriots' defense this year, they've been really vulnerable at the you know in the opening quarter, which is kind of strange from a Bill Belichick coach team with you know how prepared I'm sure the players are. And it's almost seemed like in – some games this year, the majority of the games this year, where a lot of the points are allowed, you know, on the opening drive in the opening quarter, and then they adjust and, and they play their best. So the first quarter, I mean, I, it seems, you know, very, you know, basic, but I think whatever team is ahead at the end of the first quarter will probably win this game just because both teams are built to play from ahead. Like Josh Allen, the, the numbers bear it out. He plays better, he throws better when they're ahead from, and trailing. So mm-hmm. the first quarter will be very key. Uh, in this game, and and we'll see how it goes. And yeah, maybe the Patriots do kind of go off script, and you know, if they win the toss, they take the ball and have to turn. Well, <laughs> you probably have to get uh, EMTs to, go, to run in the stands with the uh, the the, the uh, heart paddles if that happens throughout the stands on Sunday. If the Patriots actually took the football, Ryan, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about the uh, the Patriots Pro Bowlers. We haven't really talked about it much today. Patriots obviously had three of them, and J.C. Jackson and Matt Judon and Matthew Slater. Was there a snub in your mind? I mean, if you're going to think of one, it's probably Nick's book, but it's hard to go against Justin Tucker. He's you know, been one of the best kickers in the NFL for, mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. But you do have to acknowledge the year that Nick Folk has had. I mean, it's been tremendous. And going back to even last year, he's been very, very reliable. And, you know, everybody kind of – the knock on Nick Folk dating back to last year was he wasn't you know, didn't have a strong leg and couldn't make the deep kicks. But he's proven that wrong time and time again. Um, another guy, maybe Shaq Mason – uh, I'm not, you know, gonna say I'm an expert on offensive line play around the league, but he's had another strong year, and I think he deserves some consideration. But you know, by and large, I think that the, those three guys were the guys that deserved it, and maybe David Andrews. Same thing with with Shaq Mason. You know, he's a guy that definitely is in the consideration. Uh, but I, I was fine with the three that they got, and you know, you could make cases for others, but I think they got it right. Yeah, I think they kind of got it right too. Were you surprised that the Colts put seven guys on the Pro Bowl team? A little bit, um, but they're a talented team, and I think that kind of shows that maybe they're whatever this you know talented team, they're but they're only eight and six. So wh- right. where's the disparity come from? Well, I think they're better than their eight and six record, and I think that kind of showed last Saturday night. Like if you're looking at you know power ranking in the AFC, I'd probably put the Colts you know in the three or four range. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're better than their record shows. They've been playing a lot better of late, and they are uh, you know they're a pretty talented team, and I think we saw that. Uh, last Saturday night. So I wouldn't sleep on the Colts in the playoffs, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I would agree with you on the on the Pro Bowl assessments. Uh, it's always great. It shows it's it's sort of a, a bench watermark of, of how well your team played. Um, I, I certainly think that Nick Folk deserved it. I can understand why Justin Tucker would have gotten the nod uh, just because he's been automatic, I think, for Baltimore. But then again, that's exactly what Nick has done for the Patriots. And, you know, the Patriots have really been blessed 
to have the kickers that they've had here, which is why the fact that they've had three punts blocked this year in special teams is a real puzzler, especially since it seems like each of the three, as I've gone back and looked at them a little bit this week, they're getting beat up the middle on this. Yeah, Cam Acord talked about it. Obviously, he was asked about it when he spoke to the media this week, and he kind of put the blame on him for not you know, getting the fundamentals across to the players because that's what it seems like. It's not really been – you know, the opposition scheming something up against the Patriots for these blocks that are just kind of coming right at them yeah. and getting through, um, which is definitely uncharacteristic and obviously not good when you invest so much, you know, resources and time into special teams. So I'm sure it wasn't a great uh, film review for those guys. And also they had <laughs> the penalty on the field goal. So it wasn't just the, the blocked punt against the Colts that was the special team issue. It was the, the penalty on the missed field goal and then on the ensuing kick it was made. So that was a, a big swing there too. So, Special teams had issues earlier in the season. They seemed to clean it up in the middle during that win streak, and we'll see if they can turn it around and not let this be a lingering issue down the stretch. One guy that the Patriots must have played to his full potential for New England to you know, have an opportunity to win this game on Sunday. Ooh, I would probably say the running backs. Harris and Stevenson kind of come a combination of the two. Like I really think that they need their running game to win this game. Like if it's a shootout, I don't like the Patriots chances. And, and like I said before, they're so much better when they control the game and can dictate how it's played. Mm. And that's running the football. And so maybe that's, you know, the op- offensive line is certainly part of that too, but Harris and Stevenson are, are guys that I think you need on Sunday. And they're both question marks with, you know, being limited. Stevenson missing the last two practices with illness and then Harris missing last week and being limited this week with the hamstring. So we'll see how things turn out over the weekend, but the Patriots definitely need those two as you know, close to full health as possible. All right, so uh, any leaning one way or the other as far as this game on Sunday is concerned? This is a tough one, and Andy and I went back and forth on our podcast today kind of picking the game, and ultimately we kind of decided, like, you look at these two division teams, they're very evenly matched. They usually split, and it's usually you know not the road team winning both times, but that's kind of more often than not that's what happens with these two game, two teams you know mm-hmm. so tightly bunched in the division so i kind of think the bills in a close one i think i said 30 to 27 Ooh. on our podcast you've but got it high scoring yeah it's going to be close regardless though this is definitely going to be a one one possession game you know either way um so it should be a good one no doubt about it and you know we'll see what happens on sunday it probably will be the difference of you know what team makes the the big mistake in the fourth quarter cuz i'm sure it's going to come down to you know, the final 15 minutes. What did Andy say? Can you let us know? He was with me. Lower <laughs> scoring. I think it, I think he had 24-21. Yeah. Um, I, I just, just have an inkling that the defenses aren't going to be as what. Yep. Got it. Okay, thanks. Uh, well, we just lost the – He just. what happened to the phone? <laughs> I hung up on Ryan. <laughs> to call Russell. <laughs> Is that what happened? I was done anyway. I was going to let him go anyway, but uh, Merry Christmas, Ryan, if you're still listening. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, bleep happens, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, So many buttons. I know. It's like we're button challenged around here. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much for the time. It's always greatly appreciated. At Ryan Hannibal, H-A-N-N-A-B-L-E, on Twitter. Um, Brent uh, from Indiana. I'd rather lose the division, have to go to our division winner's house in wild card weekend, likely Buffalo, and then win the one game in the playoffs. Have a very Merry Christmas. Same to you, Brent. Um, 
Have to go to the division winner's house on the wild card weekend. Buffalo. Okay. So if you're telling me that if you lose the division, but then you have to go on the road to Buffalo to play in the first game, you'd rather win that one? I, I wouldn't disagree with that scenario at all. Not at all. Totally would. I would totally buy into that one. Nelson says, um, Merry Christmas, Patriots Nation. I hope everybody has a wonderful Christmas uh, Christmas weekend. Even though we lost last week, I will never give up on my Patriots squad. And the way how Mac Jones carried himself through the game makes me think that he has a lot to learn and he will get there eventually. My prediction for this week, 24-28 to 28 Patriots all the way. Okay, that's Nelson from Los Angeles. Thank you, Nelson. Appreciate that. 855-PATS-500, webradio at patriots.com. We're getting toward the tail end of the program. So if you want to do the, the hashtag prediction Thursday thing for Sunday's game, hit me up on Twitter, at Broadcaster and hashtag prediction Thursday. Predict the score for Sunday's Buffalo-New England game. I'm still leaning 20-19. to 19. No, Scott Norwood is not going to kick. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. It's time to go around the NFL with football guru Russell Baxter. Now on, your name is Flounder. On Patriots Playbook. Flounder. Nothing like a good Scott Norwood reference to make you feel good today, right? Right, Russell? Yeah. Oh, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and think about how long. That was the first Super Bowl I ever went to. Is that right? Yes, that yeah. was my first Super Bowl, which turned out to be one of 23 Super Bowls I've been to. Wow. And um, you know, it, it was an amazing night and uh, amazing game. And I was actually at the stadium. I was in the press box to hear Whitney Houston. And uh, we were there for the first half. When I worked at ESPN and you worked on primetime, you were basically there for like the first half of the game. And mm-hmm. then you went back to where we were doing the shows to get ready to do the show because we popped on the air pretty quickly after the telecast was over right? and so on. But uh, yeah, pretty interesting first half. And then watched the game at the, uh, you know, at the facility where, where we were staying and so on and uh, did a little NFL primetime and uh, – Easily one of the most memorable Super Bowls of all time, and uh, sure was. You know, the thing that I, it always to me always stood out that the Bills had the ball for 19 minutes and scored 19 points, and the Giants had the ball for 40 minutes and scored 20 points, mm-hmm. which was the game, which was mm-hmm. the game plan. Right, sure, that Make, was the game plan. Makes sense so. to me. <laughs> makes and sense. how many? But but how many times have we seen that? In the Super Bowl since we saw it with Belichick, do it to the Rams, you know, shorten the game, and you know, physically beat. Up. I mean, remember it was Belichick, Belichick's defense with Parcells that really pushed around the Buffalo Bills wide receivers that night in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Super Bowl Thirty Six, and what did they do to the Rams wide receivers? They did the same thing. Right, they did. They certainly did. I, you know, uh, that's certainly one of the more memorable games that I covered. I had to cover it from afar. I remember we sent. I was working in TV in San Antonio at the time, and so our our weeknight guy uh, actually traveled to cover the Super Bowl. But we did, you know, a whole pregame thing. You know, and all the, you know, we did the the whole schmear. And so I was the studio guy at the time, and so we were getting ready to go on the air, and so watching Scott Norwood come up to kick it, I actually thought he was going to make it. And I and I thought that the Bills would win the game. When he lost, when he missed the kick, and then literally within like two minutes, I was on the air reporting about that, and we were going live down to the field and all that kind of stuff. I, I was... I must have been shocked because the news director called me into his office after it was all over and basically said... Um, 
could you not be so much of a fan? <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I'm just, I'm stunned that he missed the, I'm stunned that he missed the kick, you know? And, and I just basically described my feelings. That was the first one though, that, uh, you know, after a while it became, after, you know, a couple of years, it became sort of a running joke for Buffalo. And it's almost unfortunate that they became, you know, uh, known as the lovable losers of the Buffalo Bills, but it's still a moniker that they haven't been able to shake for after all these years, whether it's fair or not, it's just one of, you know, those quirky things of fate that, uh, it's just sort of fallen upon Buffalo to try to get off that schneid and they haven't been able to do it. And that leads well, me to this year, because quite frankly, they've had the pressure of the last 20, 30 years on their shoulders, I think, all year long this year, which is part of the reason why this team, I don't think, has performed up to expectations. I think that's part of it. But I'll go back to what you were just saying about the Bills and that, you know, first off, they're the only team to get there four years in a row. And, of course, they, they lost all. Yeah. Lost all four and it's seemingly gotten worse as they played. Yeah. And um, and they kind of, took, you know, for a while there were three franchises that, with, that were 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Um the Minnesota Vikings were first, okay? Mm-hmm. And by the way, they haven't been back since 1976, you know? But once the Broncos and Bills did their thing, the Vikings kind of got almost forgotten about mm-hmm. in terms of their Super Bowl record. Um, and then, of course, Denver went on and, you know, won three Super Bowls. Along, They've lost five, okay? You know, so it ties the record for most. But the Bills have still been hanging out there, and I think when you think about them, you still think about the four straight years they won. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl, and always pretty impressive getting there. You know, a wild card win at Miami, uh, defensive effort against uh, the Broncos, blew out the Raiders in 1990, um, basically sent Derek Thomas and Neil Smith to the sidelines in the 93 title game. It was a game where Bruce Smith knocked out Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. But you're right. They hold that moniker. And I will give them credit for one thing, though. And I know this is going to sound incredibly silly, but it is me, so it is incredibly <laughs> silly. Um, you will remember a series of commercials with Snickers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In which, you know, with the groundskeeper, didn't he, at Kansas City, he wrote chefs instead of mm-hmm. chiefs. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Marv Levy and Thurman Thomas and a couple of the players doing the Snickers commercial basically making fun of their four Super Bowl losses? Yes, I think I do. Yeah, yeah. now that you bring we're it up. Gonna st- men, we're going to stay here until we get it right. <laughs> Better I grab and a Snickers. Thomas looks at him. I mean, it, I mean it, it, they were making light of what? Now, yeah. of course, yeah. Marv Levy, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, Andre Reid, Jim Kelly, all in the Pro Football Hall. Yeah, and those were so. some great Buffalo teams. Look, yeah. the Bills they have a lot to be – they have a ton to be proud of with their, their history. Right. They just haven't won the big one. No. No. And that was a moniker that was laid on a lot of teams for a lot of years and so on. But unfortunately also for the Bills, not only haven't they won the big one, they haven't been able to get back to the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think and that's – You know – a, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. B, it's even harder to win the Super Bowl when you're not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no question. And and yeah. you know what? They, I think you're right. After what they did last year, yeah, won the yeah. AFC East for the first time since 1995. Right, long time. Won a playoff game for mm-hmm. the first time since 1995. Right. We're in the AFC title game for the first time since 1993. Um, there was a lot of pressure on them. And, uh, you know, they kind of came in as the darlings. And, listen, they stubbed their toe. 
in, uh, in week one against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Then they went on a run. Mm-hmm. And part of that run was blowing out the Chiefs in Kansas City, the team that beat them twice the year before. Mm-hmm. So I think that added to it as well, you know? Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they lost that game to Tennessee where, you know, instead of sending it in overtime, they w- went for the win, which is, you know, it, you know it's interesting. I, I, I keep on seeing a lot of teams go for the win this year, and they're not winning. Uh, yeah, I, I was just you know going to say there's a guy named Harbaugh in Baltimore that's yeah. done it a couple of times too, right? Right, right. But we, I mean, we have seen that. I know I, uh, analytics and and I, I get it and all that stuff. But and I'm not saying they made the wrong decision, but it's just interesting that you know some prominent teams that quote unquote went for the win weren't able to get the job done, and now they've kind of backed themselves into a corner. You know. So, yes, I mean, that's, you know, the whole AFC this year is, is, is somewhat mind-boggling. You know, I, I want to say now, and, and I don't think I'm wrong, I want to go back and think of the seven teams that were in the playoffs last year, and all seven of them now have lost as many or more games than they did a year ago, right? last season. Yeah. Because yeah. Tennessee is now 9-5, and five, I mm-hmm, believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Well, they were 11-5. and five. The Colts were 11-5. and five. They were 8-6. Pittsburgh, 7-6-1. and one. They were 12-4. and four. Both Cleveland and Baltimore were 11-5. Mm-hmm. They both got six losses. Right. Buffalo was 13-3. Did they come back the to the pack, or did the rest, of the, the rest of the conference come up to their level? Right. Which, so, I mean, this is, yeah. that's what's going to make this, this stretch run uh, so amazing. Um, and, you know, we're looking at Kansas City now, the hot team in the league. Uh, you know, their defense got pressed last week. You know, mm-hmm. no Christian. You know, you've you got to start scratching your head. Who's their most valuable player? Is it Patrick Mahomes or is it Chris Jones? Right. You know, just with the way they're playing this year, because they continue to turn over the football, which is going to be interesting against Pittsburgh this week. Well, game with uh, playoff implications in either conference, both conferences, really, uh, tonight. Uh, kind of leads it off with the 49ers playing at the Tennessee Titans. Um, I, I think clearly, uh, if you're rooting at it from a looking at it from a, a Patriot or an AFC point of view, you, you probably want the Niners to go in and do a little damage. And even though the Niners have been sort of an enigma this year, they've been really bad. And then the last couple of weeks, they've shown signs again of really you know being the kind of team I think most people thought that they would be. Um, I think that puts a little bit of intrigue in tonight's game. Oh, I think it's more than a little bit of intrigue um, because, I, to me, San Francisco actually plays better on the road than they do at home. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I okay. think they're like 5-2 and two at home out of their 8-6 and six record overall, right? right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they struggled at home last year. Now, to be fair, they played three home games at Arizona last year. So if you look at their home record, it's really kind of deceptive. Yep. Okay, they got, you know, remember they had to leave Santa Clara because of COVID, last year, and they wound up playing a whole bunch of games in Arizona that counted as home games. But even earlier this year, you know, they, they've lost, they lost to the Colts at home. They lost to the Cardinals at home. Um, but they seem like they're almost more comfortable uh, away from home. The thing that you see with the Niners right now, they're getting back to that, that physical style of football that was really very prominent when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Because, and let's face it, Kyle Shanahan's been there. This is his fifth year. He has not set the world on fire. He had the Super Bowl team in 2019. He's got a team that's rebounded from a six and ten finish, um, and can you know, if with a win tonight, will guarantee themselves a winning season, and so on. 
And if you stay at six losses in the, in the NFC, you got a real good chance uh, at making the playoffs mm-hmm. because, you know, teams like in the Vikings and the Saints are all still in there at 7-7, seven and seven, okay? And right. they beat Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Right. So, um, But they are playing that physical style of football. Jimmy G still has a little turnover bugs on occasion. Their defense is solid, but it's not spectacular. Um, you know, Nick Bosa makes an awful big difference, but – I, I was thinking about this with them. You've got Garoppolo, you've got Boza, you've got um, George Kittle, who had a dynamite game against 49ers a couple weeks, John. Debo Samuel. Yep. Debo. He's yep. a wide receiver. Yep. Who has, I think, more rushing touchdowns than he has receiving touchdowns. I love okay. a guy like that, though. I and, love a guy and like it's that. Like, it, it, and it's, it's not like these one-yard, two-yard runs. Okay. He is one of those guys who obviously excels after the catch and once he gets the ball into his hands. Mm -hmm. And he's made a big difference for him during this kind of recent run for them as well. So uh, Tennessee, this stat is almost, I don't want to say it's mind-boggling, but it's disturbing. Um, Last year, it might surprise some people to know that only the Packers turned over the ball more than the Tennessee Titans last year. Wow. Green Bay had 11 turnovers. Not surprising because Aaron Rodgers, we're still waiting for Aaron Rodgers to get to his 100 career inter- uh, interceptions. By the way, 78 touchdown passes and nine interceptions in his last 29 games now, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. That's just mind-blowing. But back to Tennessee, 12 turnovers all of last year, John. Now, I know Derrick Henry's been out for four or five weeks. They've turned over the ball 25 times. John, mm-hmm. they've turned over the ball 13 times in their last four games. Wow. That's so nuts. 13 turnovers in four games opposed to 12 turnovers in 16 games last year. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah, well, we've got to find out which team's going to show up. Right. Yeah, seems like it, right? Hey, Chris... Yeah. Chris well, I mean, I think on both occasions, both instances, which 49er team and which... You know, for, yeah. for all of the resurgence, they went to Seattle a couple weeks ago and lost. Right. Right. So, you know, they it, 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 it's been such a hard year to gauge teams this year because it's been, you know, so streaky and we see these blowouts, even the good teams and so on. Um, but, you know, it, Tennessee was kind of coasting when it came to the AFC South title. And I'm not saying they're not going to win it. but And they listen, they swept Indianapolis, which was a, which is huge. But the Colts are hovering around there just one game behind. Right. They are. The uh, speaking of the Colts, Christmas Day on the road though at Arizona. Cardinals need to figure out a way to regroup a little bit after yes. looking like they were going to be the number one seed overwhelmingly almost in the NFC. And then which which Colts team are we going to get? I mean, I, I thought they were very impressive clearly uh, early on against the Patriots. Although I give the Patriots a lot of credit for shooting themselves in the foot in that game last week as well, but. It's got to be, you know, the, the Colts need to show that they can, I think, put that together as well. They put a couple of really nice games together, and the Cardinals, though, seem to me going to be the more desperate team on Christmas Day here. Well, yeah, oh, I agree with that, too. And the Colts, you know, with, against New England, what they managed to do finally, because there were a couple, a couple big home games this year, yep. and, and a road game, too. They got out to a huge lead against the Ravens on a Monday night and lost in overtime. They got out to a lead against the Titans. In the second meeting of the year between these teams, and couldn't close the deal. They had, I believe, a 10-point lead over the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. 
at home and couldn't close the deal. And then they got Jonathan Taylor to finally close the deal on the long touchdown run, but 20 to nothing turns into 20 to 17. Right. So, you know, obviously they have a good playmaking defense. And again, another defense where they have playmakers like Kenny Moore and DeForest Buckner, who is sensational, and Darius Leonard, who is out of this world. And yet you're able to move the ball against them um, and somewhat steadily. So if not for their t- – and the Colts have 31 takeaways this year, by the way, tied with Dallas. So if they're not able to take away the football, they find themselves in a little trouble. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think the Cardinals – you know, the Cardinals had a chance to basically cement the NFC West a couple of weeks ago and lost at home on a Monday night to the Rams. And it looked like they, it mentally affected them last week. Sure did. Against Detroit. They were flat. Yep. And it was real. And, and But we saw that with the Cardinals earlier. Sure, they got whacked at home by the Carolina Panthers. And it wasn't close. And, again, the unpredictability of these years where we've seen these blowouts, uh, just blowouts of even the good teams at times. So um, I, I watched the way that Detroit ran the ball last week on them, which was pretty good. Um, I wasn't surprised Jared Goff had success against the Cardinals. He's played the Cardinals as much as he's played anyone mm-hmm. when he spent all those years with the Rams mm-hmm. and always had success against them as well. Right. But Jonathan Taylor's on the roll. I mean, he's the hottest running back in the league, no question about it. And, um, you know, the Cardinals are going to be hard-pressed to slow him down. They can rush the passer. Um, but their run defense is going to be sorely tried in this game. And the Colts are, listen, the Colts haven't gotten anything wrapped up. Um, I think they want, would like to go into the playoffs with a little momentum. Every time they get on the little streak, they stub their toe. Sure. Um, but the Colts, by the way, the Colts have a chance to do something, John, that's only been done six times in NFL history. And if they reach the playoffs, only be, it'll only be the seventh time. And that. Texans did it three years ago, and 0-3 start, and you reached the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that that was coming. And you're right, and you got to give them credit for that. I mean, it's a lousy start. We thought it was a better team than we gave them credit for earlier in the year, but they've certainly uh, you know straightened it out since that time, and if they win this game, that would put them at 9-3 and in their last 12. So, yeah, yeah it seems like they would be getting it back into, into shape. Uh, Ravens at the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, two 8-6 and six teams. Um, both teams have staggered a little bit of late. Survival game, perhaps, of the fittest? Uh, I think, well, I have to to preface this this way, John, because as far as the playoffs and a wild card, probably. Yeah. As far as a division title, not necessarily. Okay? Okay. And I say that because we are 15 weeks into the season. And the AFC North has four teams yeah. that are 500 or above. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, and so it could, you know Pittsburgh wanted at 12 and four last year. All right. This might be a 10 and six division winner, or I'm sorry, a 10 and seven division winner this year. So you know, last year it was Pittsburgh and. Baltimore and Cleveland all went to the playoffs. We might have an instance here where, you know, you only, maybe you only get one team from the AFC North in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I don't know if it's a do-or-die situation. 
for Baltimore, it's crucial because Cincinnati already whacked them in Baltimore. Baltimore has been horrific within the division this year, by the way. One and three, I believe, which is very unlike them. Yep. So being, Cincinnati has already swept Pittsburgh. Cincinnati sweeps Baltimore. I know they already lost to Cleveland and lost handily. But they could put themselves very much in the driver's seat as far as tiebreakers, as far as winning the division title. Um, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit here to the Steelers Chiefs on Sunday afternoon late. And, and I'm, I'm going to jump ahead of that one because I was impressed with the way Pittsburgh came back to win last week. But it certainly looks like the Chiefs are reassuming the position of conference favorite. Is, is Pittsburgh legit or does this team have fundamental issues in your estimation that probably will indicate they're not really a playoff team? I think they could be a play, I think they could be and might be a playoff team. Okay? Okay. Um but they only have really one way to win right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is not getting the job done. They rebuilt it and you know they all they proved was they couldn't rebuild it in one year. All right? It still needs a lot of help. Um but just when you you kiss them off, okay? They managed, and listen, they got blown out by the Bengals. They, you know, they were getting, they got embarrassed by the Vikings before they made it close at the end. Okay? Yep. But as strange as it sounds, they beat Buffalo this year. They beat Tennessee this year. Mm-hmm. They beat Baltimore this year. They beat Cleveland this year. Wow. They're beating a lot of the yeah, teams in the beat, conference yeah. where it means something. Sure. Okay? And you know, this would be kind of an odd round robin. Okay, because this is Pittsburgh and Kansas City who both won division titles last year. Kansas City has already lost to two other teams that won division titles last year in the AFC. They lost to Buffalo at home and they lost to Tennessee. Yep. Pittsburgh beat the other two teams that won the divisions last year. So whoever you know, are we going to? Is Pittsburgh going to do it again? Okay. What's What's intriguing about Pittsburgh is I could see Pittsburgh winning this game just like they did it last week Wow! against Tennessee. Because mm-hmm. the one thing, even though the Chiefs are resurgent, um, you know, their defense has played very, very well. Okay, last week, not so well. They didn't have Chris Jones. Okay, Justin Herbert moved the ball against them. Goodness knows if the Chargers didn't keep on going for it on fourth down, what, what really would have happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they did go for it on fourth down, so you can't do it. But... <laughs> What you did see again last week, John, is the turnovers from the Chiefs, okay? And, you know, two turnovers that almost cost them the game. It's the one thing they haven't been able to shake this year. Mm -hmm. Even with the defense playing better, um, they have been sloppy with the football. And that's, to me, that's Pittsburgh's only hope because Pittsburgh had, what, a hundred and, what do they have, under 150 yards of offense last week. Wow, that's, yeah, I'm... <laughs> That's pretty incredible, really, yeah. when you think yeah, about yeah, it, I right? I think I'm being kind. Yeah. All right? So, um, you know, when Pittsburgh beat Buffalo, they blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown. Last week, they got four takeaways from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when they beat Baltimore, Baltimore failed in the two-point conversion. So, Pittsburgh is you know, scratching and clawing. I mean, I'll never knock their effort or anything like that you know, with that organization. Um, but I mean, this is still a Herculean task to cool off any team that's won seven games in a row. Sure. But that is Pittsburgh's semi-strength on defense plays into Kansas City kind of lone weakness at the moment. 
which is the the turnovers. Turnovers, okay. The mistakes, yeah. Right, yeah. okay, for you sure. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's it, that's it. Now, I will say this. If Kansas City decides to run the ball all afternoon, Pittsburgh's going to be for a very long afternoon because Pittsburgh, uh, you'd have to go back years and years and years if you see the Steelers rank as low as they are in run defense. Yep. And um, they gave up over 200 yards rushing to Tennessee last week, and Derrick Henry wasn't anywhere to be found. Right, sure, right. All right, well, let's take it back to the uh, to, to the to lead issue, at least for our concerns here. Buffalo coming in. Um, these two teams played just 20 days ago, and and, and uh, by the time we get to, to Sunday, and uh, we know that it was one of the more unusual, shall we say, game plans that we've seen in quite some time, maybe ever. Uh, did the Patriots kind of thumb their nose or tweak themselves at the with a little gamesmanship at the expense of Sean McDermott and the Bills? Maybe. Uh, we'll find out if that's a motivating factor for the Bills at all on Sunday. I think tend to believe that uh, they'll be ready to play. But at the same time, both teams are going to be potentially missing key cogs offensively, which is going to basically bring it right back down to what really decides major football opportunities anyway, Russell, and that is defense and turnovers. It happened to the Patriots, of course, this last week against the Colts. It'll probably be the same way this weekend against the Bills. If you don't shoot yourself in the foot, your defense finds a way to contain, you know, uh, a guy, you know, that it, it, it quarterback like the Bills have, you know, and keep him in the pocket, not let him beat you, you know, with his legs. Then I think the Patriots are going to be right there. But if the Bills come out, maybe, you know, for whatever reason, get off to a hot start. Maybe the Patriots give them a couple of cheapies. I don't know, but they get going early. I think it's a little bit different story. How do you look at it? Well, you know. It's funny. The Patriots got Belichick last week. Okay, yeah, they did, and I say they did. For this reason that's not a knock on. Well, they or 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 we like to say they got buffaloed. Yeah, or they got buffaloed. Yeah, well, they got. Yeah, yeah, they got exactly what did to them. I mean, you know, in this day and age of big passing numbers, yep. you know, you can't underestimate these running games. No question. And offensive line, and that's what happened to them. Now, to their credit, they were able to. You know, get some key moments and key stops and stuff like that. And get me, you never felt comfortable, even though Buffalo was down by four. In a weird way, I never felt like they were in the game. Okay, I know that sounds odd because the score was close the whole time, but it was almost like a mindset thing because they could not stop New England from moving the football right. on the ground. Right, and um, I'll just be curious to see if the Bills were really paying attention because the Bills haven't done much when it comes to running the football this year at all. Um, even, you know, even with Josh Allen. And when they do, it is with him. I mean, you remember the game against Tampa Bay when they were down big at the half. Uh, a running back did not attempt a run in the first half. It was all Josh Allen runs. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, is that innovation? I don't know about you. I think that's kind of odd. Well, so, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's odd, but I would tell you that look, the, the guy. If he doesn't mind rambling, teams have a hard time bringing him down. He's a no tough. Doubt. He is There's tough no to tackle. All, I think I that's one of the things they'll see actually on Sunday. Is that I'd be stunned if Buffalo didn't allow him to try to beat the Patriots some with his legs. Well, I think that's got to be part of it, but I think it also has to include the other members of the backfield as well. Okay, uh, you know, I, I I have a hard time watching him. Is he going to carry the ball sixteen or seventeen times? 
I hope not. I hope they got their other running backs are able to shoulder the load. I hope the Bills have the mindset, at least for their sake, right. to go after New England like Indianapolis went after New England. But sure. I don't know if they're built that way, to be honest with you. Um, and I'll be curious to see – I'm always curious to see, John, a team a week after they have a long winning streak snapped. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because they're not used to losing, all right. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you see it. One loss turns into three losses. True. Or five losses. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, and so on. But this is where this is where coaching really comes in. This is where mindset really comes in. Okay. Last week was last week, which is what Belichick is so good at. Okay. That's why they don't lose. They don't have a lot of long losing streaks during his history. No, they don't. So, um, I think I just don't have a lot of confidence in the Buffalo Bills right now in a lot of things they do, okay? And I think New England rebounds. And it's and I think this is could be as ugly as the other one is. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. All right. okay. I think there'll be more scoring, all right, because 14-10 is pretty low regardless. Mm-hmm. But to me, over the last month or so, and I don't know if it started with the Jacksonville game, the Bills don't look like a confident football team, save for one second half against the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, I think that's a fair assessment, actually. Yeah, they don't look confident. They don't look like I, I, I say swagger or whatever, but last year, you know, they, they knew they were good, and they rode that momentum. And right now, they don't have any momentum. I mean, they beat Carolina last week. Who hasn't beaten Carolina? Since they were three and zero, Carolina's two and nine since they were three and zero. Okay, so, but the Bills don't look like anything as easy is coming to them, and it's almost shocking that they have. Think about it, they've lost twice as many games as they did last year. Yep, they have. Yep, very true. Russell, I wish you obviously and your family a very happy uh, holiday, Merry Christmas. I know it'll be a good weekend. Always have a little football around it, which is great, but hope you're able to enjoy the uh, the family downtime as well, my friend. We have already got it planned. I am planning on celebrating Christmas from uh, 7 a.m. to 7.15. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> and, then it's, and then it's on to football. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 actually, we have a doubleheader on, on Christmas. Yes, yes. Uh, before Indy, Arizona, it's Green Bay and Cleveland. Yes, correct. Uh, correct. So that, I mean... Can we get Bart Starr and Otto Graham? <laughs> I know. That's okay. right. That would be oh, awesome. But we get Aaron Rodgers, which is always fun to watch. Of course. You've got to admit that. Of so. course. Of course. And, and by the way, three weeks to go, John. How many teams are in the playoffs? One. One. Only one has clinched it, yes. But it seemed, I, I think, I read this well, I week. Is, it's going to obviously change. Yeah, 27 of the, the 32. The nature of this season. Mm-hmm. You've got, think about it, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Arizona and the Rams yep. are all sitting at ten and four, and none of them are in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's amazing, isn't it? You know, because if they lost three straight, they could find themselves out of it. They could find themselves out of it, and so and that's why I said a couple weeks ago, Washington was going to dictate who wins the NFC East, and now it obviously isn't going to be them. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they've been mathematically eliminated. Ooh. They didn't get the job done in two divisional games, mm-hmm. one at home mm-hmm. and one at Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and. Now they can't win the East. Right. Well, I think the NFL got what they wanted. 
Yes, they usually do. <laughs> yeah. They usually do. They usually do. Yes, what do you want for Christmas, NFL? NFL, there you go. Don't worry about it. That's we right. We have it covered. Yeah, it'll be there. Yeah. Russell, uh, have a great holiday. And we'll, you we'll, too, sir. We'll talk Matt, to you. Have a great holiday. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk to you next week before the new year. You got it. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, buddy. Russell S. Baxter, the one and only pro football guru, at Bax Football Guru is his Twitter handle. Uh, I got one last little thing to mention before we wrap it up because the uh, Patriots injury report for today just came out. And the one that I think that really – bothers me and probably should concern the Patriots is Ramondre Stevenson still did not participate today with his illness. It's allegedly a non-COVID related illness, but I would tell you that that is a concern, especially when you have, you know, Damian Harris who's coming off the injured, uh, you know, hamstring. And I just, I would tell you that that's one to watch over the course of the next couple of days. It might even cause the, might even cause the spread to slide a little bit toward Buffalo. Two and a half right now, uh, you know, I'm 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 kind of leaning toward Buffalo and covering that spread anyway. To be honest with you, but I have the Patriots at twenty to nineteen. What say you? You got a chance if you want to get it in before the kickoff on Sunday uh, at JR Broadcaster on Twitter hashtag Prediction Thursday. If you're listening to this on the podcast, it is my hope and my wish that each one of you who've taken the time to make this a part of your day today, uh, or to make this a part of this this program really a part of your football season this year, that you have a happy, safe, and healthy Christmas season and Christmas holiday for you and your family. Uh, your participation and your listening is always welcomed and really appreciated. Um, we've still got some great football to play. That is certainly at the top of the Christmas wish list as well. And we'll be here for the game on Sunday, and then we'll be right back here, same Pat's time, same Pat's channel next Thursday for the next edition of Patriots Playbook as we wrap up this one and get ready for the final home game of the regular season against Jacksonville. In the meantime, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and get ready for the new year. I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.